Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good Monday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny, February 26th, 2024. Got a very nice show planned for you today, including Fox Sports NFL insider Ralph Vecchiano, who reported over the weekend that teams are interested in Sam Howe and his value on the trade market might be better than you think. We'll talk to him about that coming up in 55 minutes. Is that something the commander should even be considering? Danny, what's up? What do you say, buddy? First of all, day of the year candidate today. Just perfect. Bottle it, sell it, be a trillionaire by lunch, retire. Uh, big weekend. Big weekend for the boys. Uh, there is coach of the year buzz for the head coach of the purple team. All right. They're six and two, alone in second place. Preseason picked sixth or seventh by most experts. A second place standalone finish for the purple nurples, buddy. Who is the head coach of the purple team? A handsome gentleman. Mm. Loves him some pickleball and attention. Uh, he's going to lose coach of the year. The yellow team's not to know. They're not to know. You know what I mean? They're the one seed. But is this like the NFL coach of the year vote where if you're just successful with a good team, that means nothing. You've got to go where no one thought you would go. Then you're a front runner. Th- that's why that's why this guy's getting buzz. But it's it's probably going to go to, again, yellow's 9-0. And they're the best team and they deserve it. They're going to win this whole thing. But uh, The but, thing I've always liked about Danny as a coach is that you never take the credit away from you, the kid. You, that's, that's the whole point. You would never right. lead with no. the coaches doing a bang-up job. Mm-mm. It's always about the students. No, not in this case. It's always about the collegiate athletes, or in this case, the 10-year-olds. Yeah, the 9-10-year-olds. Nine, nine that are you. on the hardwood. I, I like that about you. You would never take their shine. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this. Speaking of shine, a snap of the fingers here to the silver team. It took two free throws with less than a minute left. To win the thing, 26-24. Wow. First of all, good for the kid. Steps up, clutch, knocks down two free throws, by the way. Less than a minute left. It, you know, Nice little uh, you know, life experience for the young man. What's this league called? This is our little local rec league. Literally, all the kids go to this one school. Do you host a podcast where you just break down all the games with detailed box scores? We What we do is we have like a uh, like a parent fact checker from each game. So yeah. it's, like, it's like citizen journalism. 
It's like, so you saw Magenta or whatever they are, like Indigo play white. What happened? How did it go? I want to be your insider. I want to be your Brian Windhorse for the league with why so-and-so missed the game. There's so little player movement. What somebody's mom <laughs> thinks. Next year, the kids are getting together at recess, and they're talking about forming a super team on Team Purple or something, you know. I'll have uh, that is, the insight. That has happened, but thankfully the adults have stepped in. But, yeah, we are, our playoff game is this Thursday. We have a bye in the first round, so the first round games are tomorrow night. Purple's ripe for an upset, though. Good luck. They're ripe for an upset, I'll tell you. Well, we'll get a full breakdown before Thursday night. Mm-hmm. What time's tip? Eight, uh, 7.30. Ah. The game started five thirty. I couldn't make it, so luck of the draw. We got the we, because we finished second. We got the seven thirty start, so I can make it. My son probably won't be able to stay up, but maybe we can come over for the game. Be so silly. Maybe I could bring Nooms over. It'd be so silly. He'd be nice to watch playoff game, man, for at least four minutes, and then we probably would have to go leave or do something else. You'll see my son commit three fouls. <laughs> You'll get that. All right, maybe we'll have to come watch <laughs> Thursday night. Looking forward to that. A big sports weekend to break down with you, though, as we get started here out of the gates on G&D. Beginning with the Combine, which started today. NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Everybody's checking in. Everybody is going to start getting measured, and eventually the players will get out onto the field uh, tomorrow afternoon and beyond. A lot is being made about the fact that Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels are not throwing. We don't yet know if Drake May is going to or not. That's the one guy where we haven't gotten a report. This is so simple. Let's not overcomplicate this. If you're drafted at the top of the board, you can't really help yourself by throwing. So throwing to random receivers you don't know in an environment you can't calibrate for, the thought is, if you're Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, all that can happen is I can disappoint. If I go out and light it up, everyone goes, see, I told you, that guy's awesome. So they're not going to throw, and I don't expect Drake May to either. Here's what's interesting, though. While in no way do I hold against Williams or Daniels for not throwing, I think if you do throw and you have nothing to gain, that can be maybe a nice check mark in your column. Like if Drake May decides, even though it probably can't help him much, it can only hurt him, but with the other two guys now not throwing, I'll just show off the rocket arm, and if I miss on some throws to some receivers I don't know with no timing uh, because I'm meeting them right before I throw them their first pass. Mm -hmm. So be it. I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily ding anybody for anything at the combine, but you same way. If you run a really good time, you can help yourself. Maybe if Drake may throws and the other two don't, maybe that makes you feel like he's a gamer or something. Who knows? So this is a little bit of an old man opinion that I'm about to drop on you. I know where you're going. You don't, you don't, I don't hold it against anybody because you're being practical, you're being smart. The same way, remember when Christian McCaffrey set out of a meaningless bowl game and everyone was like, what? What? How could you? You you signed up to play. Huge future. Running back, limited shelf life. Smart thing to do. Good career because of it. Millions of dollars on the line. This is before NIL. So playing in a meaningless bowl game. Now, you're playing for a natty? I'd rather you play for the natty. But if you're playing in the Pool Inn, Weed Eater, Boise State, Idaho, Falls Bowl, (laughs) stupid, made for dumb made for television event that the school gets the money, you you get like a Casio watch or something it's dumb forget it dumb in terms of the combine here's what i would love if i'm drafting somebody high i would love to have a scherzer a jordan a tiger woods a lunatic that can't stop competing to be the centerpiece of my team it's it's a extra credit check mark for me it's an unrealistic unrealistic expectation that's why i don't hold it against somebody i would love some dude to be such an alpha 
that if there's a chance to compete, he competes and 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 wins always. He cannot shut it off. He is a centerpiece of my organization who's going to lead me out of the depths of hell into some wonderful place. I would love it if a dude says, I don't care what's good. This is a chance to be better than somebody else. I want to showcase. And I, that would make me so happy. I would have a guy shoot up my board. Now we're already talking about someone that's top five, top ten, Correct. as it is. So like Marvin Harrison not going, I'm not mad at him. I would love for him to go and dominate. The, you know, Caleb Williams well, not going to Marvin whatever. Harrison in second, because that's yeah. even a, another level of mm-hmm. this, where you're just neglecting to post at all which is different than not competing in some of the physical events until you can control the environment at your pro day. And that is what the quarterbacks, Williams and Daniels, are doing. Again, Drake may may end up being in the exact same boat. It just hasn't been reported yet. It's not publicly known what he's decided as to whether or not he's going to throw. But it sounds like you would then give him, not saying he catches Daniels, but I know you've got Daniels ahead of him, but you would move him a little bit closer. Like he gets it. In other words, there are great a bonus point yeah. given out for him. Absolutely for me, yeah. Like again, and if you don't throw because it's not practical, you're already a top three. You're pick. not moving anybody down. Yeah, you're not. That's no. That's no knock on you. But I, it's something that I, I love. I love the idea that, of course, there's nothing on the line except you're going up against somebody else. Go, go win. And it's I love ex- that. it's extra credit, mm-hmm. right? If you don't do it, yep. no harm, no foul. If you do it, it can benefit you some. Totally. I guess if you throw and you throw poorly, if you're Drake May that could end up biting you in the butt a little bit. But I think more teams will kind mm-hmm. of take your view where, yep. hey, that was not a great situation for you. You went out there in a, in a game setting. You're going to have a plan. We're going to put you in a position to thrive. You're going to know all your teammates going into the game. It's going to be very, very different. It's not all that practical. But, look, you're throwing against air. You're just showing off some physical traits. It's a pretty easy audition mm-hmm. if you got a big arm like he does. And we've seen, historically speaking, if you're not at the top of the board, generally, you throw. And so, Knicks, Penix, McCarthy said he's throwing. Anyone who can benefit will climb. The Marvin Harrison Jr. thing to me is a little bit different. Again, am I not drafting the guy because he didn't go to the combine? Of course not. He's an unbelievable talent. You already know what he is watching the film. Not showing up at the combine at all, though, is not a good look. And I I just don't like that. Take it for what it's worth. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to change necessarily where you're at on my board. But if you're even with Roma Dunze or you're even with Malik Neighbors and those guys came and I just had more time sitting down and getting to know them and talking to them and they got up on the whiteboard and we chopped it up about what to do against this coverage, maybe it helps them. I, I just like people who play the game. And that's not for everybody, but follow the unwritten rules of kind of how this works, respect the process a little bit for me, if you don't mind, like all these guys, whether it was Jerry Rice or who's your favorite wide receiver, they weren't too good for this. Maybe you could just show up and and you don't have to run. If you don't want to, you don't Mm -hmm. have to lift. You don't have to catch passes, but meet with the teams, go through the meetings, meet with the media. Let, Let me see how you act around your peers and a bunch of people that need a bunch of stuff from you. Because it's just a, a little bit of an extra indication of what I'm getting for the millions of dollars that I'm going to be handing. The And like you said, Harrison is consensus, maybe the best player in this draft overall. Not, you know, not position exclusive, but like he may be the number one prospect in this draft. So he's not going beyond two, three, four, you know, wherever he ends up. He's pretty solidified. So whether he goes, doesn't go, whether he travels to Alaska or sails around the world on a sailboat, he's still going to be a, a, a top draft pick. He doesn't have that much to gain. The, the observation I have, though, is we are 
we are moving very rapidly. The NBA was the leader here in terms of player empowerment, where guys are sick of just toiling away for whatever city they had they got drafted by. They're building super teams. They're you know agitating with their agents, forcing trades to one team or another. You know, hanging out with their buddies, whatever it is. And I don't necessarily love that as a development, but it's happened. We, we can acknowledge it and live with it and do your best, or you know, you can you can shake your fist to the sea. We started to see this with quarterbacks a little bit to this degree. You're going to see more and more of this, I think. You're going to see more guys go, I'm not going to go there and stand in my underwear and get pinched and prodded and poked and asked weird questions and you know, the, the, have stuff leaked out about uh, my this intelligence test or this aptitude test. or uh, I'm not going through that without compensation. I'm already a top draft pick. I'm already going high as you, as you want to do. I'm not going to go through all this stuff for that. Whether you like it or not, I think this is on the way. I think more of this is going to happen. Yeah, totally. And I think specifically for the best players, you don't have leverage. You right. can't do that. If you're, if you're a third-round Sammy, you're not doing that. Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver in the class, mm-hmm. and a second-generation talent. His dad, the name helps you a little bit, just as much as probably the film and everything else does. He is the unquestioned number one wide receiver in the country this year. So you can get away with this. I'm just saying for me, you can call me old school. It's If you don't want to go through all of it, fine. I don't take away at all. You don't want to throw or run. If you don't want to be poked and prodded, fine. Show up at the combine with your agent. And if you don't want to participate formally, meet with me in a conference room in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Right? But like the idea that you come to my pro day and that's where you can see me, I I just don't love that. But you're right. I mean, we're headed in that way. There's a lot of things about the way we operate in college football now that aren't really for me. Uh, Other things going on in sports this weekend, though. Let's localize it. Nats news. How about the kids over the weekend? Forget, I don't even know if they won or lost the games. And I'm not doing a bit. Like, I, I don't care. I wasn't paying much attention at spring training in terms of the final score after the kids performed. But. Some huge moments for James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Robert Hassel, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, and some of the guys that mean a lot to this team in the years ahead, including six foot six inch outfielder James Wood, who was acquired from San Diego for Juan Soto, who hit 26 home runs in the minors last year, despite playing a bulk of his season in a ballpark where the ball doesn't fly at all. I've seen, I explained it to someone this way over the weekend. Two or three of the most impressive home runs I've ever seen hit live were by James Wood, who I've only seen play like <laughs> nine or ten baseball games ever. But his first pitch he saw over the weekend was a home run in spring training. And the next day, yesterday, second game, second home run is heard right here on the fan. Now the lefty's ready. Looking at the runner at first, kicks, delivers to the plate, and Wood belts it high in the air to deep center field. Back goes Sanoa at the warning track, at the wall, and it is gone. Goodbye! For the second day in a row, bang, zoom, goes James Wood. Do me a favor, Darius. Isolate the crack of the bat. Exactly. His bat is different. Yep. 110 miles an hour, by the way, off the bat. And occasionally there's just a sound. He's a sound guy. Yep. It is a different swing. Love it. You, I, If you don't know... You, if if you don't get if your hairs are look at my hairs on my arm, they are standing at attention. Two days, two bombs. If you don't know, I encourage everybody. Just once, if you're a baseball fan, splurge, get there early wherever it is, and get there for batting practice. Get as close to the field as you can. There'll be a lot of guys hitting the ball real hard. These are pros. There is a difference every once in a while. 
there's a Mark McGuire, there's a James Wood, where it sounds different. It's deeper, It's it echoes, it resonates. He has that thing. That one was left on left, Yeah, by the way. Yeah, it was. He, he was only a lefty initially in the lineup against a lefty, and that at-bat, he went down 0-2, fouled a couple pitches off, spit on a sweeper, Yep. and then he hit a pitch he swung through earlier in the at-bat, left on left, to go to dead center field. Little tank piece. Pulled the, the, the first home run over the berm and right. Second one was to dead center field. So a good start for the kid. But there were other impact performances. James Hassel hit a homer this weekend. Uh, excuse me, Robert, Robert Hassel, Hassel hit a homer this weekend. Hassel's another of the guys that came over in the Juan Soto deal from the Padres. He's off to a fast start with a couple runs and a stolen base. Dylan Cruz had a ball off the bat at 105 miles an hour. Had a diving catch. Josiah Gray just pitched today. Two innings, five strikeouts was really good. Mackenzie Gore, I thought, looked awesome. Two innings, four strikeouts, and in his outing to kick off the spring, uh, he gave up a couple of hits and a run in the line. But bottom line for Mackenzie Gore was he was up to 96, and I liked seeing he was pitching at the top of the zone as well, which was not his strength so last bad. year. Yeah, that's a good, good look. Uh, so we'll keep you updated as we get ready to head down to spring training this weekend on everything going on with the Nats if any big stories develop. Real quick, the Capitals... Played just once this week, and they're in action tonight at 7 o'clock. I'm headed over to Capital One Arena. But on Saturday, they played Florida. And you and I kind of labeled this a, mm-hmm. a show-me game. Like, let's tell see. Us, like how advanced they were. They played with them. They skated with them. And they led them. They were up 2-1. to one. Wilson scored a, a goal in the third. It was a beautiful goal. Showed some power, some hands to finish. They ended up giving up their 2-1 to one lead with 3.30 to go. Short-handed on a redirected shot that beat Lindgren. Uh, and then with 119 on the clock left in overtime, they end up losing on a Gustav Forsling um, shot after Milano turned the puck over. But they absolutely were every bit as good as the Panthers 100%. for much of the night. That overtime was back and forth. Anybody's chance. It, so Milano good. with a with that like basically two turnovers on one play, if that's even possible. We tried to stick handle, lost it, somehow got it back, and then lost it again. Led to a you know two or three on one, depending on how you scored, but. Yeah, that, that was three a tough on three end. overtime is still great it's when still it's best. done correctly. Mm-hmm. And that game, you know, go back to Saturday night. The Caps were doing what no one does anymore, which is like we'll take our chances on odd rushes the other way, but we're going to actually play hockey here three mm-hmm. on three. Everyone else, it's like a puck possession game now, and the Caps do this a lot too. Like no one's going to get any shots because we're going to regroup to our own end. That was just fire drill hockey, up and back, and yeah. they ended up getting beat by a more skilled team. Uh, in that game, by the way, Ovi, 41st skater ever. 41st to play in 1,400 games. Congrats to him. How about that? No goals for Ovechkin on Saturday. Yeah, so but st- I thought he still looked pretty good, just for the record. Yeah, just, you know, uh, didn't find the back of the net. That, that streak was bound to end, right, where you score every time you play hockey. But uh, it, he, he, I think he's kind of found a little, uh, I don't say fountain of youth, but a little bit rejuvenated here over the last few weeks. Weekend update on the Wizards. They went 0-2. Mm-hmm. They have dropped 11 in a row. Yep. So that's where we're at on that. They gave up 147, I think it was, to the Thunder on Friday night. They lost by 40. They did play hard last night. I want to give them credit for that. Against Cleveland, they were undermanned. They eventually they lost. They were up late, yeah. Uh, but 114-105 final. You know who actually played a good game was Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole Pool off the bench. 31 points, 38 minutes for him. Shot the ball well, was more efficient than normal. Bad news yesterday, in addition to the L, Bilal Koulibaly, limited to just six minutes, got fouled pretty hard, had a contusion Right pelvic contusion, they're calling it. Ugh. He's already been ruled out tomorrow against Golden State. The Warriors are in town tomorrow night. 
But I thought they did a good job defensively on Donovan Mitchell. They held him to four field goals, made 16 points worth of shots, uh, more misses than makes in the game for him. They just got beat up in the paint, 60 to 48 in the paint. I think it's going to happen last too. night. No Daniel Gafford. It's anybody want to play down low? Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, with all due respect to those guys, they, they don't have much answer in the paint at this point. 11 straight losses. Yeah. 11 games in a row they've played against teams with a winning record. That's going to happen as a nine win team. Probably. Indeed, sir. But since the All Star break, lost by 20 against Denver. 41 against Oklahoma City, and then this was a much better nine-point loss mm-hmm. against Cleveland where they actually played with them. And here's the Danny Ruye news that you're going to be very excited about. Oh, hello there. Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Played 22 minutes. Here we go. First-round draft pick plays in the NBA. Here we go. On Friday night. Huh? And here's an even crazier What's that? amount of information. After he played the 22 minutes Friday night, he wasn't, like, not seen again for a month. 18 more minutes last night. Here we go. That's 40 minutes. Nice. In now, two games. Now, you're going to ask follow-ups like, did he have more personal fouls than points? Don't ask those questions. He Don't. made a field goal yesterday. He made a field goal. A basket from Johnny Davis. For some reason, you still care about that. I, I just want first-round draft picks to turn into something. But it was someone else's first-round draft pick, and we kind of know now, don't we? Don't we know what we need to know? We're, we're pretty sure. I, I here's, here's what I do. If I'm losing 70 games this year, which I'm about to, I play the first-round pick some. Not zero, not G League uh, uh, Gentry. He gets he gets floor burn for my bad team. If I'm already going to be bad, I'm going to play the first round draft pick. Some don't have to start and play forty a night. Forty minutes over two games. What else you want? That to continue. Okay. Instead of months at a time where he plays in the G League. I get it. Yeah. I just don't think he's part of the plans here. I don't think he is either. So if that's the case, I'll find someone else who might be part of the plans and I'll give them those minutes. What about that plan? Is it Jared Butler? It's part of the plan. Sure. Is it more more likely than him? Probably, based on what I saw yesterday. <laughs> Just from yesterday's. <laughs> That's different. That's different than Gerard Butler, by the way. Very different. Gerard Butler's an actor, handsome actor. This he, is he's not getting roles anymore. By the way, it feels like Gerard Butler. Is that is that does that feel like right to you? The, like, well, like he slowed down a little bit because he had, he had a run where it was like Gerard Butler's in it. He's a dreamboat. He's tough. He's kicking people over. He's using his sword. Hmm, that's real interesting. In a bunch of movies? I think he he just does a bunch of Olympus Has Fallen type movies. Mm-hmm. So I actually went and saw him in theaters like four months ago. It was a movie about a plane that went down, and he just was like shooting a gun in, in a okay. wilderness. He still does a lot of that. Okay. It's just, it's not him. It's Catherine not his marquee Hyde. anymore? Uh, Jared Butler went to Baylor, correct? Am I right about that? Can you can you check on that for me? I'm going to look right now. Here we go. Uh, I believe Jared Butler was like really good at Baylor in the tournament a few years ago. Baylor? Jared Butler. Yeah, I sneaky like him a little bit. Uh, he will have a better career than Johnny Davis. Ah. Third team in three years for Jared Butler. Averaged six a game last year and one start for Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think he probably <laughs> he has a will. better career than Johnny Davis. I oh. think he's going to have a better career than Johnny Davis. Meaning a career. Uh, speaking of hoops, Mr. Buck Ants, court storming is in some hot water. It's on the hot seat. Weird, huh? Get into that next. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Duke was at Wake Forest over the weekend. Duke, as you'd imagine, a heavy favorite. Wake did everything they needed to on Saturday to take a big step toward getting an NCAA tournament bid, securing an 83-79 win 
over the number eight ranked Blue Devils, and the Demon Deacons began to party. As the final seconds ticked off the clock, in fact, the party began. Players were not even off the floor yet because, frankly, the clock wasn't at triple zero by the time the student section and fans began pouring out onto the court. Now, this is my least popular take. I know this. I tweeted about this and said as much uh, as soon as I saw this. People hate this. They call me old. My wife makes fun of me. Sure. Like, she loves laughing at me about this. Says I'm 100, says I'm a loser, whatever else. That's fine. I'm I'm not as correct, Danny, on anything else as I am <laughs> on storming the field and storming the court. And so listen closely. This needs to be done away with. It is so stupid. I've done it. Raising my hand. I've done it multiple times. I was young once. I did it. I get it. Fun time. What could possibly go wrong with a college-aged, angry, emotional, furious, livid, apoplectic, depressed, sad student-athlete who just lost being bombarded on the court by a bunch of people purposefully trying to troll him at one of his lowest recent moments while they are jubilant and happy and probably drunk or, you know, enjoying themselves in some way, maybe sober, maybe not? What could possibly go wrong? It is amazing to me that nothing terrible's happened. So Wake Forest stor- storms the court. Their big man, Kyle Filpowski, ends up with a sprained ankle. Everyone's mad at him because he shoved a kid that got in his face and was running past him, kind of into his personal space. You're not off the court yet. In an emotional moment, someone comes running right across your purview, and somehow people are upset at him for, like, shoving toward the kid. Regardless, he gets stepped on. His ankle gets hurt. He may or may not play in Duke's next game. Not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. He's going to be fine. Everyone's going to be fine. But I don't know how there hasn't been just a, uh, someone swinging LeGarrette Blunt style, uh-huh. just dropping somebody, hitting them in the jaw. I don't know why this is permitted, why it's allowed, why it's celebrated, why it's beloved. I think it's one of the dumbest relics in sports, and it's got to be done away with somehow, some way. So I am not quite – if you're a 10 out of 10 on this, I'm probably like an 8.5. Um, to me, like a buzzer beater, real genuine moment in a game you shouldn't win or something like that. Because, again, I did it when uh, I was at the George Washington University. Uh, huge upset over Xavier, conference rival. They were, I think, top 15 at, the, at that time. Buzzer beater, crazy moment, game winner by Shante Rogers. People just ran on the court because you, you just couldn't believe it. You didn't know what to do. That, to me, is forgivable. The seconds are counting away. You're just going to win a game, and you're a really good program that has Tim Duncan and Chris Paul and Randolph Childress and Rodney Rogers and a bunch of stars in your in, in your wake. That's embarrassing. But even put that aside, when you should or should, like Maryland beat Wisconsin, and they stormed the court years ago. There have been plenty of injuries. Uh, there was a, a near fight with um, – uh, a fan slugged a kid from Pittsburgh years ago. I think it was 2003. You saw what happened with Caitlin Clark in Ohio State. The We have to wait until someone actually gets hurt to address it. So you and I are the unpopular guys going, yeah, why are we Why are we storming the court here? This is just sort of a regular conference win. We should probably have a threshold. We've won a national championship, Maryland. We should have some expectation that we might be okay at some points in this conference or whatever. But it now takes an injury, and it seems the sentiment from other coaches are speaking up, and a lot of athletic directors, especially for the ACC, are speaking up and saying, hey, this isn't great. 
we've got to do something about this. And folks in the Big Ten have spoken up about about it as well. Again, in the wake of um, uh, what happened with, you know, uh, I think it was Ohio State storming the court against Iowa when they beat uh, uh, Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we're now, I think, starting to shift a little bit where people understand that it's it's a little bit, it's not even a little bit, it's stupid the, the to that degree. It's just not worth the yeah. squeeze. I mean, in the name of what? Because it's been done for a while, not a good reason. In the name of what? Because kids have fun doing it? Okay, let's just make all of our decisions based on that. Do kids have fun doing it? Then sign me up. Let the college kids have their fun. Said the grown-up in what other situation? I mean, that, that is not really how we make our decisions. Well, they, they could do that beer bong right on the quad at, at 19-year-olds, right? Because it's fun for them. In society. I mean, come on here. This is so dumb. And the people that hate me for this. By the way, God bless you. I get it. We won't see eye to eye. I am an old man shaking his fist. I, I keep looking at my phone waiting for my wife to text me. Uh, yep, she just did. You're boring. That's what she just You're said. You're boring. You're boring. That's what my wife just said. <laughs> also, it's not allowed. You act like it's sanctioned. All right. I'll now have this debate with my wife. We're okay. going to do this again when I get I was going to say, do you want me to? So, yes, it, it, technically it is not allowed. It is celebrated. Nobody has a problem with it. Nobody is stopping anyone who's trying to do it. You either try to do something about it or you don't. And we are in an era and have always been in an era where they don't try to do anything about it. Do you get in trouble if you do it? The answer is no. Then it's allowed. See the difference mm-hmm. there? If you do it and you get in trouble, what's not allowed is running on the field at professional sporting events. What happens when you do that? You get in trouble. Cops come and tackle you. Get the wood shampoo. Security <laughs> tackles you. They beat the bleep out of you and no one's looking. And maybe you do a night in jail or maybe they just kick you out of the stadium and tell you not to come back. None of that happens when you court storm with thousands of your favorite friends. This was John Shire, the head coach at Duke. After uh, this weekend, the court storm heard around the country on Saturday where his player got hurt. Disappointed we lost. Uh, but look, for me, it's I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face. And it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want that to take away from the game that Wake played. Because Wake played a big-time game. Salas was as good as could be today. And, and hats off to them. But you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're, they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. Um, it's part of it. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake. So they I'm, earned I'm it. They here. He goes on to talk more about the game. Mm-hmm. But for people like my wife who say, you can't, there's thousands of them. There's just some security. It's not like it's allowed. The whole point is you take the court and no one can do anything about it. There are ways that you could have structure if you chose to. Like, there was a, a court storming incident recently where they waited. They made everyone wait. Like, I think it was 15 or 20 seconds, which Shire was saying is what they used to do, uh-huh. by the way. And they basically got the other team off the court, and then you got to come onto the court. Or th- there was even one where they, like, put up a rope around, like, the visiting bench or whatever. And that team was, like, kind of hemmed in, like, this little roped area so no one could bother any of the players. Mm -hmm. That would alleviate a lot of my issues. My problem is the immediate let's run up and troll this guy in his face who is 18, 19, 20 years old and might punch someone in the jaw and start 
a palace at the malice kind of crazy situation. We are asking for madness. We can all see it. It's going to happen eventually, I think, right? I mean, we, we... Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the somebody gets hurt thing is the nightmare scenario, and it's happened multiple times and nobody cares. I mean, the SEC fines schools hundred grand for the first court storming incident, whatever that means, first offense, 250000 for the second one, and then five hundred grand each time after that. So they're, they're actually trying to do something about it, right, finding the school, basically saying, handle your business, dudes. If you guys don't but, do it, we're going to find you. Uh, when did they start doing that? I'd be willing to bet that court storming has come down. They're probably then making more of an attempt with ropes and only a little bit of an area where people can get on the floor. And there's things that you could do. So LSU was fined 100 grand last week after its fans stormed the court against Kentucky. The ACC has zero fine structure. Correct. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting to me. It's I'm interested to see that. I'm so interested. In I'm it. very interested. I've never been more interested. I'm really. In, I'm intrigued. I'm looking sure. at that. Do you want to try to do something or not? I get that you're saying if 30,000 people just decide to riot onto the court, basically, you know, we're all running down onto the mm -hmm. floor to have a, a a big high five session. I've been there. I've done it. It's a lot of fun. It's cool. That's fine. There's either an attempt to stop them or there isn't. Should there be is my question. 800-636-1067 if you went away in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. And what can be done? Wait till you hear what... Jay Billis was one of the top college analysts had to say about this today on Grant and Danny. Plus, Eric Bieniemy found a job. We'll get into that next on The Fan. I'm more concerned about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want that to take away from the game that Wake played. That was Duke head coach John Shire. hit a player, one of his best players, sprained an ankle in a court-storming incident over the weekend. Grant and Danny on the fan. Well, it sounds like we're in lockstep, although maybe – as you said, if I'm a 10 out of 10 on get rid of court storming, mm -hmm. you're an eight, eight and a half. I mean, the question is, how do you actually do it? It's hard. It right? is hard. But my point is, we currently do nothing. This almost sounds like a, you know, we're debating politics I know, or right? something. My point is, we currently do nothing. Should we try to do something? I'm not saying we could fix the problem here, but I'm saying maybe we could just look at what's currently happening and go, what if we tried something else? So what if we... You know, put up, uh, you know, like the movie theater little, uh, you know, like rope or whatever the that thing is. Goes, and like, like, hooks in. Yeah. We, we could make barriers. We could do something late in games. You, you could have more security stand around. And we if you do storm the court, you could get in trouble. I'm not going to go full Jay Billis. I don't think you should ever go full Jay Billis on this. Uh, this is Billis today on ESPN talking about possible ramifications. If you were to get rid of court storming, he's got an idea as to how. The truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away, and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is, once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just, just say, you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. 
Um, there's no accountability for this. It, it, the fans feel like it's an entitlement. I'm not advocating for anybody getting arrested, but I think we got to raise the bar of the ramifications. When I stormed the court, the reason I did it was, I knew it was kind of awkward as I was doing it, but I thought, I can't get in trouble for this. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Tell me to go Hey, leave. (laughs) There's got to be something between that and arrest. And I just think there's very little attempt or effort put into this. And there should be more of it. So what you had was a side of people. I would say you and I were on that side for years going, this is a bad recipe. Something bad is going to happen. You've now got a couple bads that have happened. It's not no one's life. Thank goodness has been threatened or anything terribly crazy, but you've got a couple injuries, which is unacceptable. And now we used to be arguing against people that go, it's no problem. There's not a problem. Nothing has happened. And we go, nothing has happened yet. Nothing has happened yet. A player, uh, One player got punched. Eh, nothing's really happened yet. A player is going to miss basketball games now because he has a sprained ankle because of a court storming thing. Eh, now you're getting them to acknowledge, okay, something bad can happen. And at least that's progress in this conversation, right? Because we were arguing for years against people that go, come on. Not a legal defense, mind you, but come on. It's fun. Let the kids have fun. It's fun. You're boring. Uh, among the commander's contingent that is now in Indianapolis for the Combine, which is starting today unofficially. Here you go. Ready? Here These we go. are the commander's brass helping to make the big decisions at the Combine. So let's hear it for him. Ready, Danny? We yep. need big draft coming up. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Peters. Yeah. There he is. Your new head coach. He's wearing a backwards hat. Dan Quinn. We're DQing. We're over DQing now, everybody, just so everyone's aware. He's been helping the Detroit Lions make great decisions for several years. He's a well-kept secret, but I think he's going to be big for the Commanders. Lance Newmark. Lance Newmark is here. The assistant general manager. And Martin Mayhew is also there. Eugene Shen. Eugene Shen. Eugene Shen Eugene is going. The analytics of football. Adam Peters. Adam Peters. Keep, the, keep it going, ladies and boys and yeah. girls. Dan Quinn is there. Thank you. Lance Newmark. And Martin Mayhew is also there. Eric Bieniemy got a gig. Let's yes, get did. into that next. Also, Ralph Vacchiano, Fox Sports, is joining us. He reported over the weekend that some teams are Sniffing around on Sam Howell as a trade candidate. We're Grant and Danny. Brent and Danny on the fan. Welcome back. Thank you for making the show part of your Monday. Appreciate you as you kick off this NFL Combine Week. Should be a juicy news week out of the NFL. Here's what happens when everybody shows up in Indianapolis. 
doesn't matter who throws, who doesn't, who's on the field, who decides not to be. You get a bunch of executives, coaches, media, scouts all mingling together. The stories are going to be bountiful. Some of them are accurate and legit. Some of it's going to be, you know, silly season, but it's going to be one of those weeks where every hour or so something breaks our, you know, way and, and we're dissecting what's going on at the combine. What is your favorite, put you on the spot here, your favorite all-time combine story related to Washington? Mine was the, yeah, it's fun that Scott McLuhan's not here. It turns out he's mourning somebody that, and he wasn't at all, and it was just the whole thing was awkward and everybody covered somebody it up. It was is, awkward. They, they claimed he was... And his grandmother had passed, yep. only to then find out that it that was like months, months earlier before. and there had been a funeral already, and that was not really a thing. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official G&D show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Uh, let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Welcome on to the show. Ralph Vacchiano covers the NFC East for Fox Sports. Ralph, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Doing well. We saw your report on Sam Howell over the weekend and wanted to get you on to chat about it. So it sounds like you think there's interest in Howell around the league and that he's a possible trade chip for Washington if they choose him to be. Yeah, I do think so. You know, there are a few teams that like him. Um, they, you know, um, not going to love him. He's not going to excuse me, bring back a first round pick or anything, but obviously he showed some potential. He played well for, you know, seven, eight, nine games or so last season before he seemed to hit a little bit of a wall. And I think for the commanders, if they do end up taking a rookie quarterback, in the first, uh, first round, the second pick, or if they move up, or even if they move down and take one, I think you don't want Sam Howell to be sort of an afterthought on the team. He's not really a veteran backup who can help, a rookie, um, you'd probably have to have a veteran backup anyway, which then makes him a third stringer, and then you're just sort of wasting him. If you can then trade him to another team and get a third-round pick or so in return, I think that's a valuable thing for the Washington Commanders, assuming, again, that they take a quarterback at number two, which I do think they're going to do. Ralph, where, where, what kind of team would this fit for? In other words, my my thinking is if you're going to miss out on that top group of three, I mean, it's all out of the beholder stuff, obviously, it's the draft, and you don't see a great path to dra- drafting a signal caller you like, it might cost you a lot less to get a guy that's still on a rookie deal and maybe find out about him. So somebody that's in, you know, maybe outside the top 10 in the teens, hey, your thoughts on that, and what kind of teams might be interested in Hal? Yeah, I think you're right that anybody who can't get a hold of a, a rookie quarterback, you know, one of those top four or five, has to at least think of him. Um, you know, you're, you're getting you're getting sort of a bonus. Not only do you get a guy that's on a rookie deal, but you get a guy who's played and been in the league for a couple of years. He's not going to go through the same, uh, you know, rookie mistakes and, and you know, rookie growing pains because he's already had that. You know, he threw for, what, 3,800 yards, whatever his total was, uh, this season he's won a bunch of games he showed that he can handle himself so he's starting to get into the time where he would be you would think in a little bit of a comfort zone so uh you know just looking down through the draft um you know i don't think the giants would do it but they're you know if they didn't have a um daniel jones they're committed to him they're probably stuck you're looking at um a team like tennessee or atlanta if they're not committed to the quarterbacks that they have and they want to um, you know, decide to go with a young guy. Some of them uh, might be interested in that. I think really the, the team that jumps out to me 
really is the Jets because you've got a, a 40-year-old quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that they're committed to, but they don't know for how long. It could be one year, two years. It could be another two plays if he gets hurt again this season. They're in a position where they have to be thinking what's next. So it's a low-risk thing for them to bring in a Sam Howell, let him sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or so. You know, he might be he'll be on his rookie deal at least for another year and then then you got you know, you have a choice to make whether you resign him or not, but you can grow and learn about him and decide is this the guy that we want for our future or do we have to move on? Ralph Acciano, NFC East reporter for Fox Sports covering all the teams in the division joining us here on Grant and Danny. You mentioned a third round pick both in the reporting and then even in that first answer you gave us. I mean, is that what you've heard the, the possible value is? Are you speculating on what they could get? Where does that come from? You know, I think right now it's all mostly speculation. I have no um, thought that they would, you know, I, as far as I know, they haven't gotten any offers for them. I guess is there's probably been a couple of teams that might have called and said, hey, are you interested in doing this? But, uh, you know, one of the people who told me that maybe they could get a third-round pick from him pointed out that I think the, the 49ers, when they traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys, they got a fourth-round pick. Now, Trey Lance was a first-round pick when he was selected, but, you know, who do you think right now is the better quarterback? I mean, Trey Lance has not shown anything, obviously. He's had injury issues. Sam Howell's played for a year. He's shown he can win a little bit. He's shown he's tough. Um, you know, I, I would, and this person said, I, I think Sam Howell right now is the guy you would be more comfortable with. So if the 49ers got a fourth-rounder for Lance, why can't the – Commanders get a third rounder for Sam Howell. The truth of the matter is that it all comes down to, you know, how many teams are interested. You know, do they what picks do they have that are extra? Um, you know, where are they in the draft? Maybe a team is sitting in the third round, ready for a quarterback, and they don't see any that they like. They say, you know, maybe we can get Sam Howell instead. He's a quarterback that we like. So it, it's kind of fluid on what they might be able to get. That's more just speculation. But you know, I can't imagine if again if Trey Lance is going for a fourth, I can't imagine it's going to be less than a fourth. Ralph Vacchiano with us from Fox Sports here on G&D. So, Ralph, here locally, we saw all the throws, right? I, I imagine folks would have access to the film and, and everything else. They're going to make that kind of a decision. But would the argument for here be there was enough good where he was trying to rise above a pretty terrible set of circumstances, an offensive coordinator that's not there anymore that's now in college, a head coach that doesn't have a job, uh, a previous regime that's pretty much been been let go almost altogether, probably not a great offensive line or, or set of skill guys that didn't really fit what he was doing and still was okay at times. Is that, That's kind of the rosier picture of it. Is that kind of the case for why someone would be interested in Sam Howell? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, look, there, there are issues, right? Cause you know, he threw 21 interceptions right. and that's not a good thing. Um, a lot of quarterbacks, Peyton Manning famously threw a ton of interceptions his first year. I know Eli, I covered him through a ton. A lot of quarterbacks, throw interceptions early and that gets better but the upside of Sam Howell is there's probably just a handful of quarterbacks um, I don't know that there's 32 of them to be honest that are capable of throwing for near 4,000 yards that could throw 4,000 yards 21 touchdowns is that what he finished with uh, yeah 21 touch mm -hmm. yeah 21 touchdowns while he's being sacked 65 times I mean he was just under constant pressure uh, you know, I don't know that he had the greatest skill set. Uh, I don't know if this was the greatest offense for him. It was really his first year learning an offense, and he did all that and showed his toughness, got the experience. So, uh, you know, I think people see that and they imagine, you know, looking through for 3,900 yards and 21 touchdowns, imagine what he can do 
if you put him in a better situation behind a better offensive line, maybe, you know, maybe the upside is higher than they thought. So I think that's what it is. I don't know that anybody's sold on him as, you know, the next great quarterback. I don't think that anybody would settle for him instead of Drake May or Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. But if you don't have a really good answer at quarterback right now and he's sitting there for a, you know, a second day pick, you got to think about it because, you know, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks who are young enough on that rookie deal, who have the experience and who have done what he did in a bad situation. Rob Facciano covers the East with us on G&D. I was looking at some research someone had done on how many quarterbacks played 95% of snaps this year, last year, the year before, and, you know, dating back over the years and how it all compares. And it does seem like the the backup quarterback is becoming more critical, which to your point might be why a team like the Jets is interested in Sam Howell. But from Washington's perspective, keeping Sam Howell also has merit. Now, I know your suggestion is maybe with a kid, you pair him with a veteran, whether that's Brissett or somebody else, and then Howell is somewhat redundant, I guess. But you know, walk me through that. Like, Let's just say you're Washington. Wouldn't you almost need a sweet deal to do this? Because otherwise, as you're pointing out as to why a team might be interested, Howell making no money as a former fourth, fifth-round pick is actually a great asset for the commanders, and you don't trade great assets. It's true. I mean, they're not going to trade him away for a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't think you dump him just to dump him. Uh, you know, I think uh, most general managers would think a third round or a second day pick is pretty valuable. But, um, you know, I do agree with you. There's value in Sam Howell. I'd be comfortable with him as my backup quarterback. My issue with him for the commanders is, again, assuming they are going with a rookie, that it's Drake May or Caleb Williams. My preference, I have no idea if this is Adam Peters' preference or not, or if this is Dan Quinn's preference or not, but my preference is when you've got a rookie quarterback, you bring in a veteran who's done it before for years, who can not only be the guy that can step in for a few games um, and you know take over if the rookie struggles, but also be a mentor to him. Uh, you don't want a guy who is young enough where he's still sort of fighting for his career a guy who's young enough where, I mean, Sam Howell is still trying to figure things out, right? He's only started 18 games. He does still, well, it's not, he's not going to be experiencing a lot of growing pains. He's still learning. Um, I would prefer a Jacoby Brissett who's done it, who understands, you know, his place in the NFL now is probably mostly as a back. He's happy to play, but he gets it. He's there to support the, the young kid in front of him. So that's what I would want and why, you know, and that, if you do that, then Sam Howell's your third stringer, and that's just a waste to me. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, maybe Adam Peters would be comfortable with Sam Howell as a backup, but um, that's a tough spot for anybody who wants to play, who's really who thinks they deserve to play and is really still fighting for that chance in the NFL. It's a bit of a minefield to put that behind a rookie who's going to need to play because he's the number two pick in the draft. So, Ralph, also in your piece, you, you referred to Dan Quinn not saying the word rebuild, right? And, right. and, and I think it's very relevant to, to, to where I'm going here. For me, it is a rebuild, and I, I anybody that I'm going is not part of my plans two years from now. Is and I can get something for them. I'm spinning them. I'm I am taking that pick and and, and running with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So thinking about how the two years that he's under contract are going to be my rookie starter, figuring out if he can play or not, and then by the time I get back to Sam Howell, maybe it's already time for him to go. So I would move him. What do you think the team is thinking? Because if they don't want to say rebuild, it's recalibrate or other words that start with re that may not be part of their plans in, in that way. I'm taking whatever pick I can get for something that's not bolted down. They may not feel that way. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to move him. I, I think that they, especially if they take a quarterback at number two, I think that they're going to find takers for Sam Howell, and they'll move him, and they'll bring in, you know, they'll re-sign Jacoby Brissett. They'll sign another veteran. I think that's the smart way to go. It's what the way most teams go. Um, you know, obviously, they're so new right now. I don't know that they've formulated a complete plan and exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, but again, I, I don't think they would give him away if, the, if for some reason the best offer they get is a sixth or seventh round pick. Then you keep the asset. You know, then if your rookie gets hurt, maybe you play him. Maybe a quarterback on some other team gets hurt in training camp and suddenly Sam Howell's uh, value is even more because teams start to get desperate and they want somebody with some starting experience. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a given and a guarantee they'll trade him at the draft. I just think at some point he's just, you know, he's an asset to them as in terms of what they can get for him, not what they would have on their roster. And, you know, they're never going to say rebuild because everybody hates that word. And it always looks like, oh, no, we're starting over and it's going to take five years or whatever. But, you know, you and I know and everybody listening knows they're rebuilding. You know, they, they've got, what is it now, with the cap raise, 80-something million dollars in mm-hmm. cap room, a high pick. They're going to start over with a rookie quarterback. They're not looking at let's make the playoffs now or let's just fine-tune this. This is – by the time they're back in the postseason, it is going to be a completely different-looking team. And whatever you whatever R word you want to use for that is fine with me. But we, we know it's a rebuild. Ralph, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate the time, man. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Ralph Vecchiano, Fox Sports, covers the NFC East. So a couple of things, just to give my opinion on some of what he was just saying. Wanted to get to the bottom of his reporting and, and his take on why he thinks Hal could be on the move, why he could fetch a third-round pick. Uh, first and foremost, I don't think you'd get a third-round pick for Sam Howe. I'd be dubious of that. That would be really enticing to me. Which brings me to my second point. I wouldn't trade Sam Howe unless I get a really sweet offer. And I would consider a third-round pick a really sweet offer. Because to his point, if I'm drafting a quarterback at two, and I am, Jaden Daniels or Drake May, I do think that a veteran like a Jacoby Brissett or somebody like him actually pairs very well in the quarterback room. Now, you don't necessarily need that because they did go bring in David Blau as the quarterback's coach, who essentially is the guy who's been around a while, can answer every question, Jacoby Brissett-esque figure in your QB room from a mentoring standpoint. So they may have felt like we need a mentor who just recently played quarterback on the coaching staff because we are going to go with a rookie quarterback and Sam Howell as our backup. And now all of a sudden, the fact that your veteran has played for one season and is 23 years old doesn't matter as much because sitting in the room with them every single day is David Blau, and it's no different than having a 29-year-old third-string QB. He's just paid a coach's salary instead of a player's salary, and he's not wearing a jersey at practice. So I think that's something to remember here. Mm-hmm. But if I could get a three for Howe, and I just don't think that's realistic, the argument he made from his source about Trey Lance actually is kind of smart. Trey Lance had shown way less than Sam Howe. Sam Howe, the good, his sizzle reel, his you know what he's shown in the league, destroys what Trey Lance's sizzle reel looked like. The problem is Trey Lance, huge body, looks the part, central casting, yep. top five pick. 49ers traded the world to go up and get him. So naturally, they're going to need more to get rid of him than Washington. You're talking about just dealing a late-round pick, essentially. But all that having been said, I don't know where you're at. I guess that's how I'd summarize this for people just jumping in their car. I don't think they're looking to trade him. I don't expect to trade Sam Howell. 
And I think he's a really good backup option, a guy that comes off the bench and runs around and creates and makes plays and gives you, like, rich man's Heineke stuff. I think he's the awesome QB, two here, especially if you're planning on drafting Drake May. Those guys have a great relationship. They're very close. They're going to college basketball games together. Mm-hmm. I saw pictures of them a few weeks back. You know, if you really like May, having Howe might actually be super beneficial. Not to say he wouldn't be a great teammate to Jaden Daniels as well. So I don't know where you're at, but those are some of my responses to Avakiana. Yeah, I mean, he said he expects Howe to move. I, I was pretty surprised by that, given the, you know, the course of events. Um, I, I kind of tipped my hand during the one question to him. I would. And I understand I'm not just doing it to do it. I'm not doing it for a seventh rounder or a ham sandwich. Obviously, third rounder, I pulled the trigger. I think I would on a fourth as well. My thinking is I it doesn't really fit right now. If I have a let's throw it at the wall, see if it sticks kind of situation, sure, he can compete, he can be, he can hang around, and he'll be part of it. He's not part of my plans for the next two years. The, the rookie quarterback is. That rookie quarterback is going to have every chance to sink, swim, and everything in between. And there's no time, save emergency, where I'd be playing Sam Howell. And if that's the case, I'd rather have, you know, backup Billy, veteran Vinny, the Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum tier to come in and, and hand the ball off a few different times. If I can spin somebody that's not part of my plans, I'm doing that pretty much over the, over the next couple of seasons. What's your level of interest 1 to 10 in trading Sam Howell then? Six. Wow. So you would rather trade him than keep him? Yeah. For a four? For a five. That's a little murkier. That's that's diminishing return. You get a four offer today for Sam Howell. You're flipping him. I am. I would do that. Wow. I think the backup quarterback job in the NFL is one of the most slept on and important in the National Football League. And I think, you know, we've, we've just seen that more and more now mm-hmm. recently. I think that's for good teams. I think for teams in this position that's coming off three point. wins, I don't care about it as much. And if your quarterback gets hurt, your point is, and he comes in and plays well or he doesn't, you don't really care about the record right? because the the kid quarterback's not playing. Yeah, to me, the whole point of this season is Mayor Daniels or Williams somehow, if that, if that happens. It's one of those three guys is the entire point of this year. How good can that guy be? And that's all I'm finding out. That's all I'm figuring out. I'm doing. And every move I make is to support him, to empower him, to help him be as good as he can possibly be because that's how my franchise climbs out of this crap soup that we've been in for 30 years. Fair point. I've got some numbers on how often quarterbacks play the entire season over the years. You know, to just look at some trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's felt like there were way more quarterback injuries and backups playing last year. Is it more important in this era right now to have a good backup? We can get into that. But let's get your reactions to what you just heard from Ralph Vecchiano uh, of Fox Sports, who says not only that he thinks Washington is going to shop Sam Howell and that they could possibly get a third-round pick for him, but he expects them to trade him. This offseason. Grant and Danny on the fan. It's true. I mean, they're not going to trade him away for a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't think you dump him just to dump him. Uh, you know, I think uh, most general managers would think a third round or a second day pick is pretty valuable. But, um, you know, I do agree with you. There's value in Sam Howell. I'd be comfortable with him as my backup quarterback. My issue with him for the commanders is, again, assuming they are going with a rookie, that it's Drake May or Caleb Williams. My preference, I have no idea if this is Adam Peters' preference or not, or if this is Dan Quinn's preference or not, but my preference is when you've got a rookie quarterback, you bring in a veteran who's done it before for years, 
who can not only be the guy that can step in for a few games um, and, you know, take over if the rookie struggles, but also be a mentor to him. I can't remember where I saw this stat, Danny, but Sam Howell joined Jameis Winston, and I'm pretty sure it was in his 30-touchdown, 30-interception season, as the second quarterback ever with, I think it was 25 big-time throws and 25 turnover-worthy throws in the same season. Like, you just, guys, especially young players, don't get that long of a leash to continue to start to get to those numbers, and he did it. There was a lot of good and a lot of bad. His numbers are actually comical to see them just side-by-side. 21 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Crazy. Last season, you you just don't see that anymore. That's your point. You don't see that because somebody gets pulled or there's an injury. Or nobody throws 20 picks. Nobody does that. Also, you just kind of stop at some point. Yeah. Taking chances, pushing the ball down the field. Like if you're a veteran, guys like Dak Prescott led the league with 15, 16 picks. It's been a lot of years since Eli Manning throwing 20, 21 interceptions would lead the NFL. It's just a different era where uh, you get to a number and you call off the dog. And again, it, this always happens when you mention Sam Howell. There, there's still that portion of the of the fan base that it's not his fault or Howell's really good or Some advocates for him. I think that's fair. It's well, a dependent position. Sure. And, you know, the team around him was bad. The offense wasn't good enough. The coordinator, the uh, you know, the, the running game at times, the – Lack of attempted running game, the offensive line being porous and, and average or below. You know, all of those things hurt him. Also, sure, Sam Howell left a lot of meat on the bone. Well, beyond that, I mean, again, you think of the – I can't remember exactly what it was, but Neil Greenberg passed this theory on in, in, the, in the Washington Post. It's like the tripod, the three legs of, of quarterbacking. If you're going to throw 21 interceptions, the numbers should be prolific. In other words, you're slinging it down the field. You're getting all sorts of big chunk plays. Paltry totals in that regard for how. Adjusted yards per attempt, 5.6 yards per pass attempt. League leaders are usually up closer to eight. Brock Purdy was in the nines this year for that. Just the, the point of the, the way to express it is, it's not as if he's pushing the ball down the field all the time, Eric Coriel style, and he maybe turns a couple over here and there, forcing it in the traffic on deep outs 20-some yards down the field. This is throw it short, throw it safe, throw picks. That's not great. If you're throwing, if you're usually if you're throwing it that short, you're you're putting up Alex Smith numbers, three thousand yards, you know, thirteen touchdowns, Jason Campbell four picks type stuff. Not not for me, but that's one of the trade-offs that happens. You had nothing deep and a lot of interceptions. Eee. Sam Howell will be twenty four for the entire football season this coming year. He doesn't turn twenty four until going into week two. Basically, he's still very young. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it a lot because he didn't play enough, only the one game in that first season. You're talking about one full year of football. So I saw enough there. I talk all the time about needing to see the positives. I saw enough from Sam Howell that if not for the debilitating sack rate and some of the propensity that he's got to turn pressures into sacks that I don't think is going to go away. I would be way higher on his potential moving forward. But I do believe, truly, that he can play winning football in this league in short doses. I think he is a marquee backup quarterback of the future type. That isn't to say that he can't also start or have some good spells as a number one. Or if, you know, something happens. That Gardner Minshew tier. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, something like that. Sure. That's kind of the, the rich version, I'd say, of like what a... Marquee backup who can be good in spells looks like is Minshew got to start 
most of the year in Indy and had the Colts on the verge of the playoffs. But I, I would not be in the business of trading Sam Howell unless someone came to me and said, I'll give you a three. If somebody's calling me and saying, hey, I got a five for Sam, I'm going, it's going to take a lot more than that. You want to give me a three? And then they go, we'll give you a four. And I go, I'm not doing it. Hang up the phone. If they call back with a three during the draft, let's talk. Because we are inevitably just talking about a guy who's going to be on my bench. If you're giving me a three, which could be a starting center, maybe, if I draft well, a starting guard, uh, a guy who can make an impact on my defense off the edge, you know, as a third or fourth rusher, or in my linebacking core, a great special teams player, that could be a, a starting tailback with speed. That Otherwise, I don't have that pick. Now I just got the guy to go with Robinson and Rodriguez to help out May or Daniels. I, I've got to listen to that. I think third round's just unrealistic. The The Trey Lance point is really good. He, he had proven nothing. He looked like mm-hmm. a lost puppy, lost cause, and they got a four for him. But I think that has everything to do with what was given up to originally draft him. I think if, if he was traded as a fifth-round pick who had shown what he had in the NFL— then he would have probably netted a, a seven, mm. you know, or like if a, anything, the following year is seven. You yeah. know, I mean, it would have taken nothing. That was just because how recently the 49ers had given up the farm for him. But I think I would just be really happy going into the year with Howell as a number two. What do you make of his point that you need the veteran backup and the mentor that you want that number two to a rookie who you're taking second overall? Uh-huh to be a question-answering leader who has seen everything. You know, the old Colt McCoy guy kind of sitting there going, I remember a game like this in 1977. You know, is that a reality to you? Because my point is that's David Blau. Right. I'd prefer it. I mean, to me, the more the merrier there, right, where you got a guy that's going through it on that side. I know Blau is going to be able to relate to, you know, whoever the quarterback happens to be because he was doing it only a couple of years ago. But he's still a coach. He's still on that side of it, right? To me, why wouldn't we just have something that's not going to cost you all that much that, you know, that veteran dude that has been around, that's been through 17 different systems that can help you with study habits because he's not a genius like David Blau apparently is with a photographic quarterback memory. So if if I'm constructing my quarterback room, which I kind of have the chance to do now if I'm part of this new regime, I'm going rookie quarterback number two, veteran Vinny, David Blau, you know, Tavita Pritchard, we sort of have that that menage. That's where I'd, I'd be focused. You've talked a couple times. Last segment we were discussing this, and you basically said trade him because if the guy gets hurt, you're having a bad season isn't the end of the world anyway. Who cares who the backup is? Mm-hmm. That that is that makes sense, and that's fine in a vacuum for 2024. But Sam Howell could be here for a long time. It's not like he's going to get paid a bunch of money when his contract expires if he's just sitting on your bench. Why couldn't you play the long game with him and go? Okay, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter if he comes in or Jacoby or I'm just going to name a random backup. Uh, If they sign, let's say, A.J. McCarron. Mm -hmm. Uh, A.J. McCarron or Kyle Allen are the the backup quarterback this year. And you know those guys are just going to take a few, you know, $3 million or something minuscule. Sam Howell might get that eventually. Like, it's not like uh, your point is, well, eventually he's going to make more money or price himself out. Not necessarily. You could just have him continue on his contract where he was like the 47th highest paid quarterback in the NFL last year. By the end of his contract, which is only two seasons from now, now you sign him to a three-year deal for $5 bucks or whatever. He costs no money, and he's just your long-term 
backup, and he's here for several years. My What's wrong with that? Nothing, but my argument's twofold. It's not just that he's not really part of my plans. It's that I could get something for him. I'm not I'm not trading Abdullah Anderson right now. You know why? Because no one wants Abdullah Anderson. You see what I'm saying? If somebody wants to trade me something for an asset that I have that's not part of my plans, that's my policy. Right, but I guess my point is, what is the value to you of a really good long-term answer at backup quarterback? Which is kind of what I was referencing at the end of the segment there mm-hmm. where we have gotten to a point, I think you agree with me on this, where, like, look at the Jets' season. L- look at some of these years. Look what happened when Joe Flacco took over for the Browns, as an example. Mm-hmm. Like, we're now at a point where you need a really good number two. And if you have that guy on the cheap, it's a complete game changer. It it can be. That, that sweet spot scenario, so it would be next year where, not this coming season, but next year, assuming my rookie quarterback blossoms. Or any year after that. I suppose he goes down and Hal comes in and plays pretty well at no money. You know, you're saving instead of going and getting whoever Jacoby Brissett is that year for, I'm just making this up, but you know, $9 million or whatever. Sure. I guess if if he resigns as a, if he resigns as a free agent and he doesn't cost me that much money, then this beautiful backup scenario thing happens. I'm not worried about that. I'd rather have a draft pick and I'm going to go find my veteran. Cause I'm with you. I I want a, I want that to be an expenditure where they go, Hey, we got a chance to be pretty good. We can't be derailed for now if the guy's out for the whole season you're screwed but if this is a a few weeks we can't lose too much ground let's have someone competent that's waiting in the wings all in favor of of doing that I don't want to you said the Jets the perfect example they kept their draft pick around and they had to go to Zach Wilson fart noise off but but, but their draft pick had not shown what Sam Howell already has shown in other words like it I would say Howell at this point the upside the sizzle reel has been better than Zach Wilson's was through multiple years Uh, this was Mike Clay who covers the NFL ESPN NFL senior writers tweet number of quarterbacks who handled at least 95% of their team's dropbacks over the last 12 seasons. So essentially what we're asking is, you know, how many guys didn't come off the field over the course of an entire year. And what we've seen is the numbers are completely dropping off in the 17 game schedule. Yeah. Listen to this by year. Who played every single snap, essentially, for their teams? Number of quarterbacks. I'm starting in 2012, so you're hearing that number first that I'm going to go. 19 QBs, 16, 15, 15, 14, 14, 15. Then we're up to 2019, 13, 12. Now, move to the 17-game schedule, 11, 10, 8. Gosh. I mean, that is stark. That is crazy. That is Jason. 19, 16, 15, 15, 14, 14, 15. Last three years, 11, 10, and 8 quarterbacks. Didn't come off the field. Some of that's fluky with guys like Kirk Cousins never misses a play. Achilles. But that's kind of the point. 17 games, more, more contact, more hits. Yeah. I just think that the backup spot is becoming more significant. Now, is how better than a backup you can just always go find and pay? Like, would you rather have Sam Howell or Mitch Trubisky who's a veteran backup? Howell, probably. Okay, me too. Mitch Trubisky costs probably seven six million dollars a year um mariota or how how so so that's kind of my point if you feel that way you're probably saving potentially four or five million in cap space for a season to to roll with how if you re-sign him for no money than going with like that tier yeah, of guy. So that's but that's the part i don't know i, I don't know about this no money thing well we're, we're, he, he's going to resign in in free agency for, you, for nothing? If you haven't played at that point in a few seasons. Then you don't get anything? 
you can't make money. The reason Mariota, Trubisky, these guys I'm naming that are now the veteran backup. They've had a chance to start. They've all been starters. Sam will have had the one year and gone to the bench. and They'll be Drake May's kind of sidecar, you know, or Jaden Daniels' running mate. Uh, other guys like Sam Darnold is an example. Sam Darnold's a backup that, you know, next contract he might get. Six to eight million dollars a year. Drew Locke, second round pick, same thing. I guess it's possible that Sam might make closer to three or four, but still about half of, of that money. Uh, good info from Ralph Vecchiano. Glad he jumped on with us. Double play is next. I do want to get into B enemy really quickly before the double play. So we'll do that in a moment. And then the Beltway Blitz here on Grant and Danny at four o'clock. Eric Bieniemy has a new gig. He has hopped down a level to college football where he will be the offensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins. Of course, <clears throat> Chip Kelly's been the head coach at UCLA the last couple of seasons. We saw Chip Kelly looking to get into coordinating all offseason at the NFL level. A lot of those college coaches want out of college football, especially the head coaches. Yeah. But – the enemy wants to call plays and wants to build that image back up to possibly getting a chance as a head coach. And initially, maybe he'll have to do that in college. Uh, hopefully, eventually, he gets a shot in the NFL. But here's what I found interesting about this story. Pete Thamel and Adam Schefter of ESPN broke the news that the enemy was going to UCLA. But they also put this out, doing a little lifting, I would say, for the Biennemi camp. I have no regrets with the commanders, Bienemy wrote in an email. Contrary to what some think and what has been put out in the media, I was not fired. I actually chose not to stay. I learned a lot, and that is always a good thing. I will continue to walk in my peace. I'm excited to be here and to coach these young men in football again. Huh. My expectations and desire to be excellent Will never be turned down. I'm fired up. Let's go. But the enemy claimed to ESPN that contrary to popular belief, he chose to leave. He was not fired. I guess it's possible this is semantics in that he had contract left. All the coaches were interviewing with the new regime for their gig. And someone else had his job. <laughs> <laughs> They did hire someone else for his job. Yeah. But maybe he's claiming, like, he told them in the interview, I don't want to work with you. Hey, you can't fire me if I quit kind of thing. It's possible. When I saw that, the first thing I thought of was the Anchorman meme with uh, Will Ferrell as uh, Ron Burgundy where he goes, I do not believe you. I don't believe you. That, that was my first thing I thought bing, of. Bing, bing, boom. <laughs> like, whatever you say. I was not fired. It's like my brother got into a fight in high school. Uh, he got in big trouble. He got into a fist fight with this kid in high school. In gym class, no less. Okay. They were, like, playing basketball or so, who knows what. And it got rough. And they started punching. And he, he hit this kid, and he fell over. Well, when he went to court, my dad had to go to court with him or whatever oh, for this geez. whole thing. And for, like, a ISS school thing. Sure, and yeah. This kid was, like, a troublemaker that started the fight. And my brother was fine. But the, the reason I bring this up is the kid on the stand, like, in this hearing— or whatever they were doing with the school board and whoever else was involved, was like, and then he hit me, and my shoe slipped, and I fell over. And it was, like, very important to him 
to get out there that the punch had not been the reason why he fell to the ground. In addition to being struck in the face, I slipped. He's like, I, it wasn't Ryan that did that. It, it coincided was, with my fall. My shoe slipped, and that's why I fell. That's, good that's what it feels like to me. It's like this email is like, just so you guys know, contrary to popular belief, I was not fired. I chose to leave Washington. Yeah, the fact that they hired this Cliff Kingsbury guy, whatever, I'd already told them I didn't want their position. Where are you at on the enemy to UCLA? I don't know how many options there were up at the top. So I was wrong. Pre, before this whole kind of carousel started, I thought that because the, there were so many, so few offensive minds, he was going to get a bump up and either be an OC well, somewhere no, or a head you coach. Had him as a head coach. Yeah, I, I said that that's kind of my outside dark horse. Not totally shtick, but basically saying, like, I, I think that because there's so few offensive hirings. Well, it just I, turned out they didn't. Nobody, no offensive guys got hired. I thought there was a chance Tomlin, who I've heard is tight with him, would give him the OC job in Pittsburgh and kind of help him the way Rivera took the shot on him, Andy Reid's best buddy, last year. I believe he interviewed for the Steelers job, but it didn't even seem like there were other OC interviews Mm-mm. at this point. Could have sworn there was one other somewhere, but maybe I'm wrong. Look, his style does not resonate with current NFL players. And either he's going to have to make an adjustment or someone's going to have to want that style in their building. Here's what I'm going to say for him at UCLA, though. I'm very, very happy for him to get a crack at the college game because I think it'll work there. You never have to call a run play. I'm not making light of that. Like, go out and call all your pass plays. Do what you did here. But also, Danny, I think Mm -hmm. you can kind of be a little more whatever you want to call him. From a style standpoint, old school, uh, of yeller, you know, in people's faces, kind of demanding of college kids who you're trying to shape and mold. Like, that is allowed at that level. Uh, some of the, the stuff that Urban Meyer got made fun of for doing in Jacksonville with water and all this other stuff. Like, you could do all that in college. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a success. I think it's going to work well there. I hope it does, honestly. Just because he, he could use a couple stacks of good. You know what I mean? Like it, a move of his to to work out to his advantage or uh, have his rep changed a little bit. So I I am I'm pulling for the guy. It is time for the double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Netflix show review time. This is something you need to be out on GP. Way out. There. Number one. This is not you because there are too many episodes. I've been watching it for weeks now. It's a couple, I don't know, I think I'm 16, 17 episodes in. Apparently, there's six or seven seasons of this thing, so it's a non-starter for you. Here's what I'm telling you, though. If you'd like to earn brownie points with your lady wife, suggest the show Outlander. Here's what Outlander is. A woman who's pretty, she's pretty, finds a Scottish dreamboat. That's the show. So she's married. Lives in 1940-something England, post-war. They're reuniting. They're having a grand old time. There's one little bit of a sci-fi element where she touches these, like, mythical stones in Scotland. Time travels back 200 years. That's the last time there's any kind of magic or anything like that. Then they just sort of don't mention it again. And six weeks in, she finds a new dude who is so handsome and chiseled and has abs. I don't know if they had abs in Scotland in 1743. But this guy does. And he believes everything she says, caters to every whim, Gets kidnapped every five minutes, and they're fighting the English who are bad guys, but he's hot, and they do adult stuff all the time. That's mm. the show. So my wife loves it, and I can't imagine why. Anyway, uh, but we've been watching it. She's already watched every episode, like all the way up to like season seven, and it loves it so much that she's now watching it with me. Oh, okay. in real. So like, 
Lucky you. Well, it's one of those things where she's like, no, I'm perfectly willing to watch it with you. And I'm like, oh, why do you think that is? Like, I'd have a hard time finishing a show and then going back and watching it with her after I've just watched it. But for some reason, she seems to enjoy this one so very much. But anyway, it's pretty clear. It's not for me. It's well done. It's pretty. It's like well shot. And like the actors are actually pretty good. It's a bunch of people we never heard of. But the British are the bad guy. Bad guys. The Scots are mostly pretty good. It's all complicated. But the end of the day, it's this dude who's a dreamboat and this lady doing adult stuff together. That's the show. Seems like quite a show. Yeah. How many chicken wings do you give? That's a, that's a, it's a, mm, she might be listening. I'm going to say it's a five and a half carbohydrates out of 10 for me. Wow. So there are elements that, that keep me intrigued. They do. By the way, this show's butt old. Yeah. It's been around I, for a while. I saw it when I was scrolling the other day. I'm like, oh, this is the show Danny was talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's been out for years. Well, I don't there know are, how you guys stumbled onto this. Well, thing. there are. So my mother-in-law loves it. I can't, I can't imagine why. And we visited the castle in Scotland. So it was the castle from, from the first episode of Game of Thrones. But what they're really known for is this show. It's like the home of this show. Oh, okay. Is this is this Scorch's castle, castle, whatever, right? So, like, that's where most of the show takes place in the first, uh, first season. And it's really pretty and everything's nice, whatever. But, uh, yeah, they uh, they love it. So if you've got someone in your life, so there's to me there's three tiers, okay, of, of some candy for the ladies. There's that Yellowstone tier where Rip is on the show, who punches everybody, is a badass, but then like tolerates and loves the one crazy lady. Then there's Bridgerton where everybody's a dreamboat, yeah. right? Where he's like, I'm very proper, but I'm so handsome, I'm very light skinned and handsome. You know, it's like that's like the whole show. Then this one is like rugged Scottish dreamboat guy. So there's your candy. Hang on with it. We've got tickets to see Three Sheets to the Wind at Capital One Hall. You can win those tickets as soon as we return at the top of the hour right here on G&D ahead of the Beltway Blitz. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murai. They are the official show sponsor of Grant and Danny. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and your trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention us to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Grant H. Paulson. Danny is on Twitter at FunnyDanny at Instagram, you're going to have to find them. Humorous Danny is where you can do that. Somebody took the other one, man. We got any shows coming up? I don't think I do for a minute. I don't think I do for a little while. Yeah, we're booking ahead to the spring. A couple private events, which doesn't help anybody. (laughs) Private? I'll come. (laughs) You are literally not allowed. You're literally not allowed to do that. Maybe not. Silly private event, Ruye. You get really dressed up, 
and you sling some jokes. That's pretty much it. Now, kind of your element. It's uh, it's wheelhouse. Now it's not always to the and most willing audiences. Hands. Yeah, that there's an you exchange like of currency. Too, That's you? my favorite part. Because sometimes those private shows aren't always the most fun, but money's good. Money's great. Money's real good. Three sheets to the wind is coming to Capital One Hall. Caller 10 at 800-636-1067. Win two tickets to see Three Sheets to the Wind right now. America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock. Friday, March 1st, Capital One Hall. Three Sheets to the Wind pays authentic tribute to Am Gold Yacht Rock Classics. Is that is that right? Am Gold? Should we type that different? Or is that how we do it? I don't know. Uh, it's going to be fun if you like Yacht Rock. That's what I'm being told. That, that is the scouting report. <laughs> you really, you, I'm selling this thing well, right? Yeah. You should really go check it out. 70s and 80s, undoubtedly the smoothest music ever created by mankind. I'll rub dirt on this and try again tomorrow. Don't you worry, Darius. I think it's, I'm going to try it again. AM gold, meaning it went gold on the AM radio. Is that right? I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> That's what that means. I, will, I was going to tell you this. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to Joan. Yeah. I saw that on the read, too, and I was like, thank God Grant's going to do that. Are you serious? Yeah. I looked at it and went, I, mm, I don't know what to do with that. Three Sheets to the Wind pays authentic tribute to AM Gold Yacht Rock. I think it's AM Gold, like radio. But why would Yacht Rock have been on AM only? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Oh, God. Smoothest music ever created by mankind. Just go enjoy yourselves, please. That's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Beltway Blitz time. Caps, Wiz, Nats, let's do it. Capitals in action at the arena tonight, downtown on 7th and F Streets. I will be there. They'd better get a win. Ben Raby of the Caps Radio Network joins us now. So, Benjamin, let's look back first. They played one game over the weekend at Sunrise in Florida where they lost in overtime, but I thought they played really well. What would you make of the game? They played very well, Grant. That was a tough one that they had to settle for just one point. You have the Florida Panthers. You're leading 2-1 late in regulation. One of the top teams in the NHL in Florida. That's one where you want to be greedy. They played so well, Grant, for the majority of the night. They let it slip away late in regulation. A penalty and ensuing Florida power play goal. And then the Panthers go on to win in overtime. So a tough one in terms of the fact they maybe let a point slip away. If you want to look at it, the other side of the spectrum, they played very well. They've taken seven of a possible eight points over the course of their last four games, a 3-0-1 record. So hopefully, if you look big picture at the four-game sample size, something they could potentially build off of as, uh, yeah, Ottawa tonight and now Detroit tomorrow. So a pretty quick turnaround here. Benjamin, latest on TJ Oshie. Uh, company line is week to week, so we at least got that today. And we didn't have a timetable necessarily over the weekend, but week to week is what we're going with now. But uh, regardless of what the, the timeline is, as you guys know, that's just that's a significant hole, it's a significant piece out of the lineup, not to mention the other injuries, Martin Ferravari on the back end, Nick Dowd when you talk center depth down the middle, and we'll see a couple of game-time decisions tonight. Anthony Mantha and Nick Jensen, who both dealt with injuries Saturday in Florida. So they're getting wins, they're getting points, and seemingly every night they're losing another player due to injury. So uh, it's kind of a good news, bad news scenario for them. Yeah, one of the reasons why they've been able to cushion some of those blows is that some of the kids they've called up have played well. Uh, highlight who you think has shined among the youth and, and who else is coming that might provide something in the days ahead. 
Well, I'll highlight someone who's not necessarily young, but who's making the most of an opportunity here. You, you can almost call him a, an AHL journeyman. He's in his 30s, Mike Scarbosa. Not a household name. Not sure how much play Mike Scarbosa gets on Grant and Danny, but someone worth highlighting nonetheless in all seriousness. Tonight's going to be his ninth game since he was recalled earlier this month. Uh, he really came up when, when Kuznetsov left, left the team to, to go to the players' assistance program. And he's been really good, Mike Scarbosa, number 23. You'll see him tonight, Grant, and centering the line primarily with Pacioretty and Milano. He's someone who's picked up the slack over the past few games with Dowd out. Moore has been asked of Alexei Protis, moving down the middle into his center position role. He's played well. And Connor McMichael, again, he's been around all year, but he's seen increased minutes on the elevated role of late. He also has played well, but Scarbosa is a good story. Early 30s, and this isn't uh, a charitable gesture to get him up here. He earned it. He's played very well in Hershey, and again, he's really taken advantage of veteran presence as well, making the most of an opportunity here. You mentioned McMichael points in five of his last eight. What's been the difference for him? Yeah, taking advantage of the increased role, increased opportunity, playing big minutes, and a guy who you can see the way he's dangling to an extent, uh, you know, making moves and driving to the net. The guy who you can tell he's playing with a little bit more confidence. I think it goes hand in hand. The ice time is up. The role is up. The increased, you know, value in minutes. He's there late in the game protecting a one-goal lead. He's on the ice late in the game if they're trying to mount the comeback. He's getting valuable minutes, in other words. And uh, I think it all goes hand in hand for a guy who has a very high ceiling and maybe hit a little bit of a midseason lull, but certainly seems to be coming out of that of late. Give us an OV update. No goal, obviously, over the weekend, but... What are we seeing and what do we think about how he's skating and playing? Yeah, I think big picture since the All-Star break, he's been good. He's been good and they need him to be given all the injuries that we're talking about. And uh, a power play unit, which collectively has looked a lot better over the past couple of weeks, over the past few weeks. That predates the All-Star break a little bit. It's been a power play unit, which has been adjusting on the fly this season. They struggled for the most part first half of the year some tweaks were made and for guys who go by muscle memory for much of the last decade there's an acknowledgement there was a big adjustment there and Ovechkin's certainly a part of that but he's benefited now of late he's getting more reps on the power play more finish on the power play and just his all-around game to your point Grant um, he's looked better of late and we'll see just how sustainable that is for Ovechkin here Benjamin thank you as always buddy appreciate it fellas thank see you see you dude hit that wizard sounder dares our pal Ava Wallace covers the Wizards. That's why she's talking about the Wizards here on the Beltway Blitz. Ava, what's the latest on Bilal Koulibaly? Ooh, he took a nasty fall yesterday in the first quarter. So he is out for tomorrow against the Warriors. And um, honestly, lucky to not be a little bit more injured than that. He didn't hit her at his head or anything. So that's really good. We saw actual playing time. A combined 40 minutes over two games for Johnny Davis. What'd you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I thought there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. There were a lot of defensive miscues. The offense was not there. Uh, Coach Brian Keith was pretty happy with what he saw. He mentioned kind of his physicality, his able, his ability to put bodies on a guy, and he's definitely a willing defender. He's definitely you can see that he's he's trying to um, prove himself on, on that end, and I think he kind of knows that's really where he's going to. Uh, get a spot in the rotation if there is if that is available for him is on the defensive side so he's trying he's not hesitant he's not exactly doing like any any interesting things anything that makes me go oh okay there's a little something that i'm uh, piqued my interest but he is 
at least according to the Wizards, trending in the right direction defensively. <laughs> but that's a great line. He's not doing any interesting things. I mean, you know, like, no, like I know what Bilal, you mean. I would say, like, I know. yeah, he does interesting things. Johnny Davis, he's he's trying to get to a dependable NBA player status. Well, you're you're much younger than me, but that's the kind of thing when a neighbor asks you how you're doing, you start scratching your head, and your voice goes up a little bit, like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> um, oh, no. I know. No, you're all good. Uh, tell me about Jordan Poole going to the bench. He wasn't happy, but that was one of his best games of the season there. Uh, was it yesterday? The, all the days were together against Cleveland. Yes, yesterday against Cleveland. Yep. He likes to play well the games before Golden State visits. That was interesting. He's kind of like warming up for his old team mm-hmm. usually. Um, yeah, it was interesting last night when, I mean, they had so many injuries. Daddy Avdia was out, which is very rare. Obviously, Koulibaly kind of left in the first quarter, so kind of left to his own devices. He was able to be really creative. And, you know, the last time they played Cleveland was that scoreless game that he had where everyone was booing him, I mean, really, really badly in the fourth quarter. So I thought it was interesting that he kind of, went out and flipped the script against the Cavaliers for that one, even though it was it was still a bad loss. They led in the fourth and, and let go. You mentioned Golden State coming to town, always one of the most anticipated uh, home games of the season. So what can you tell us about the matchup? Also, from a pool perspective, I'd imagine he's amped up for this one. Absolutely. I mean, when, when they were out in Golden State earlier this year, I think that was in December, um, I, <laughs> I, I watched Jordan Poole stay out and warm up for – I think like an hour and 45 minutes he was on the court just soaking it all up. The fans were loving it. He was clearly so happy to be home. Um, this time's a little different, of course, because last time Draymond Green was suspended. So this is the first time he'll face Draymond Green um, as a wizard, you know, since that kind of his kind of unceremonious. Do they have a trade. history or something? Does something happen? Yeah, just, you know, just no, not at all. Nothing. Okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's no fine. one's going to talk about it. It's great. Um, yeah, so that will be certainly something to watch. I think uh, Jordan Poole is going to be very excited to do something special for that game. Kyle Kuzma continues to get buckets, get out in transition and run pretty well. Is he like, what, what's the league perception of him right now? Is that, is that, I know it's a pretty vague question, Ava, but to me, it's like a guy that if you stayed around and rebound a little bit, instead of leaking out in the break, you might see some better rebounding numbers, but they seem very concerned with getting him some offense. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. What do you think the league perception is of, of Kuzma at this stage in his career? He has a good uh, reputation around the league, certainly, and he's kind of one of those many guys that the Wizards have where it's like, man, on a good team, he would be really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, could, he could be certainly additive when there were all those trade rumors going around around the deadline about him going to Dallas. You know, that made a lot of sense. Like, he's a big body. He brings size and he can shoot. That is always, always going to have so much value in the NBA. So he's He's always going to be. Whenever there are trade rumors about the Washington Wizards, he's always going to be at the top of those lists. Ava, thank you as always. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. See you, Ava. Let's keep the blitz moving. Bobby Blanco, West Palm Beach, the home of James Wood home runs and that spring training. Bobby, how about it? Two games, two bolts, and I saw Barry's Faluga post a video today because the game's not on TV. That... James Wood had an RBI knock again, so he has stayed hot. Yeah, first three games, he has driven in runs in all three, and I'm sure everyone has seen the highlights of his two uh, bombs he hit over the weekend. His first swing of spring training, and goes yard. Pretty crazy stuff. You cannot ask for a better start um, for James Wood to his first major league camp. I can see he's like currently still trending on Twitter and everything. Um, he's setting the next world of fire right now down there in West Palm. Um, the other impressive thing, too, is no strikeouts yet. That was the big knock on him last year. 
Um, I know, you know, they're facing some lower-level minor league guys, um, but still, you know, there's major league spring training games, and he hasn't struck out a lot. I think he led the organization in strikeouts last season um, in the minors and none so far. So he is putting the bat on the ball, and uh, when he hits, when he connects, they go far. Josiah Graham, the bump today, five punches through two scoreless innings. Who's thrown the ball well here? I know it's super early, but just who's got a little buzz around them here, Bobby? Yeah, Josiah, great start today. Uh, his first outing, only two hits, five Ks, uh, over two strikeouts. Throw a lot of, of strikes, um, and that's what, you know, Mike uh, Mike Rizzo clearly sh- showed um, with all those signs in the bullpen. Doesn't care about how fast you sh- throw a uh, ball for. Um, he has put the ball in the strike zone. Mackenzie Gore did the same thing yesterday. Very efficient outing. I think he like only threw uh, four or so balls over, of his 20-plus pitches. So those two guys, and those are the names you want to hear. Gray and Gore looking very impressive. They're going to be at the top of this rotation. Um, those are your two likely guys probably starting opening day. Maybe Gore or Gray, um, you know, hopefully carry this rotation forward. But they have had both very impressive starts to their camps. How soon into the big league season could we see Wood or Cruz? Ooh, that, that's the million-dollar question, right? Um, you know, you, you don't want to rush them too much. Um, we, the Chris Bryant rule is no longer in effect, so – their teams are incentivized to bring up their top prospects. Look at the what the Orioles did and um, bring up Gunnar Henderson, and he wins Rookie of the Year, and they get a draft pick back for that. Um, but, you know, these guys both only reached double-A last year, so you want to see them, one, perform well in the spring training games that they're playing in right now. Dylan Cruz, uh, you know, made a highlight catch in center field uh, yesterday as well, so that's, that's good to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, it all just kind of depends on, you know, this, I, they always said, these guys will tell them when they're ready. If they play well, uh, whether they're starting at double-A or triple-A, and early on in the season, if they're playing well enough and performing, I don't think there's anyone on this team, maybe other than Lane Thomas, who is going to block them from coming up to the majors. I mean, we've seen Rick DeRobles have struggles over the past couple of years. Um, Alex Call has you know, not proven to be an everyday outfielder. Stone Garrett coming back from an injury. Um, I think if Dylan and James both have very impressive starts to their seasons, we could see them up pretty soon, maybe even in the first couple of months of the season. Bobby, one, let me give me actually. Let's go straight percentage chance. What percentage chance is Carter Keyboom a thing? Ooh, um, I'm gonna say ten percent. I I think um, you know Nick Senzel was signed to be the everyday third baseman today, and he was you know I saw a report saying he was not able to play today because he's sick, so they sent him home. And who did they put in the starting lineup instead of him? Brady House at third base instead of Carter Keebum. I think that's pretty telling that, you know, they are kind of moving past this Carter Keebum thing. Now, of course, he could play his way back into the conversation, um, but they obviously are very high on Brady House, and they chose him to be the starter when Nick Senzel couldn't start at third base today. I think that's pretty telling. So I'm going to say 10% giving him a a, a small chance. And there is – there's no 0% chance, but it's very small that he becomes a thing again, I think. Bobby, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. See you you got it. That is your Beltway Blitz on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. We're with you until 6.30. I want to get into the commander's biggest needs as we continue. Also, we had Ralph Vecchiano who's covering the NFC East for Fox Sports on the show last hour. He says not only does he think Sam Howell's going to be traded, but he thinks the commanders could get a third-round pick for him. We'll get into that in the 5 o'clock hour right here on Grant and Danny.
It is time for my annual rite of passage, where here we are on late February, spring training starting, and I'm back trying to figure out what I'm going to do TV-wise for the spring. Here are we, we are. here already? We're here. I feel like we, I'm not, I'm not joining at all, but I feel like we just did this. Well, we did. Here's why. Because I mean, it was a football one for you. How do you watch the Peacock game or on, something? On the back end of the NFL season, I got rid of DirecTV. Yep. At which point now, I knew when I got rid of DirecTV, I was setting myself up for a sticky wicket come the Nats season. And this is where everyone's tweets come in and just... Just violate federal law with a PBRYCCT. I'm like, uh. I, I do. I want to do no. a VPN thing. But apparently, you can't really... Even though that's like shunned but not illegal or whatever the deal is. Here's the problem with that, I was told. Basically, there's been a crackdown now with all the smart TVs. So you can do the VPN thing to get MLB.TV uh-huh. on your computer. In other words, I can trick the computer into thinking I'm not in D.C. Yeah, that I'm in Nova Scotia. Now, I'm not advocating that anyone should be doing this. I'm just saying that that is something that people do. Apparently, from what I was told, my sauces, honey mustard, ketchup and Polynesian, mustard, yeah. among them, my sauces have told me that when you try to then put the app on your smart TV, your computer can be bypassed, but the TV can't, essentially. So, like, the TV locally says, It's too damn smart. I'm in D.C. He's a liar. I know where I am. (laughs) I know where I am. He's a liar. This is the regional market he's in. Which I was told, again, this is my sauce. Now, you guys may have different sauces telling you different things, Mm -hmm. but the guy I talked to told me, you can watch all their games on your computer on your computer with the VPN situation. But if you want to watch them on television, I went and bought a 90-inch TV for a reason, people. I want to tell you something. Because James Wood bombs look good on that 90-inch TV. I want to see going, going, gone. I want to see that Mackenzie Gore punch out with 96 at the letters. I want to see that in 90 inches of high definition, crystal clear video. It's just not the same to sit there hovered over my laptop no. all night every single I don't think that's a doable, sustainable thing. 162 on a laptop. Now, I did broach the subject with my wife. This is how quickly the conversation went. I said, what would you think about me just going to watch Nats games at the bar? And she said, how often would you be watching them? When they play. And I said, like every night. (laughs) And she said, like from 7 to 10 every night? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I'm going to pretend like you didn't just ask that. Yep. I said, that's probably a good Terrific. Idea. That conversation went great. It went, yeah, I mean, I, I think you don't find out if you don't ask. Right. So I think it's the right call to ask. But it was the look. Yeah. Like, if it, if that sounds like it went badly, it went worse. It went worse. <laughs> Just know <laughs> that the transcript of that conversation. Hey, hon, idea. Sounds way more favorable than mm-hmm. the actual dialogue went. The bar to watch the game. How often? You know, I won uh, 62. In her mind, she's going, well, in the past, you've watched every inning of every game ever. Clearly, you won't be doing that anymore. What do you mean? You're just going to watch them on Saturdays or something? No. Ah, ah, ah. I like 705. Well, they start at 645 now, so it's just to get back from work. Mind you, I get home at 705 from work. Yep. So that's a beeline to Glory Days Grill Uh in Lorton. Or, uh, I don't know, I'd have to pick some bar if not that one. You'd be missing the first inning a lot with their new start time. 
I, I've been sleeping on that. Six forty-five. I forgot about. Well, no, we get off earlier, so I'll, I'll be at the bar then at six forty. Oh, there you go. Basically, it takes me how long the pregame show is. It takes me thirty minutes to get home. Yeah, Charlie and Dave get you up to speed exactly. of what you need to know. I'll walk in on this day in Nationals history. You know, and then be ready to rock and roll. All right, I see you. I don't know what you do, man. I mean, I know this. I've lost. I I have the, I have a flag. It's all white, and I'm just waving it. I hate. Cable. Do I pay for cable? Yes. Why? Because of Masson. Here's my current idea. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Okay. My current idea is to get DirecTV Stream, whatever that is. Basically, I am paying for the streaming version of DirecTV. Okay. I will then just get an app on my TV for the stream. Now, the problem is I already have YouTube TV. So am I double dipping or am I now getting rid of YouTube TV? Assuming DirecTV Stream gets me monumental sports, which I'm sure that it does. I've never had that issue with DirecTV. Then I would be able to, through the streaming DirecTV version, have Masson, I believe. And that is currently my best laid plan. Short of my family just not caring if I'm home for three hours every single night while I watch the Nats lose their 94 games. Or just bending over in the woodshed like I do and paying the cable bill every month. But but no, no, I could do that, but I have YouTube TV. So But I, you can't you can't get Masson on the YouTube TV thing, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like you pay for cable. Yeah. I could that's what I've always done. Yeah. But I've moved on now to YouTube TV. And I'm jealous of you. You you've went first into the breach. Which, the point by the of, way, YouTube TV's a little bit sellable. Well the point of the dude's story is I Every time I, I, I that, that bill, that bill every month drives me crazy. My wife thinks I'm a psychopath. What are you paying for cable right now? She had, I'm not kidding you. She had to take it over. So I don't know the specific number. It's got to be close to 200 months. I think right? it's north of that. Yeah. Somehow. I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, cause, because we get the HBO and whatever else. All the, you know, the, the, uh, the football options so I can watch Red Zone and all the different packages. Okay. Yeah, how do you have HBO, but you don't have Max for let me to watch Hard Knock? Our, our buddy Gilo had to uh, play some calls. Had to share it. I, I don't know, but it was like fourteen ninety nine a month for for shows about uh, like people meeting it for and going to get married at first sight. I don't want to do that. I'm not paying that for that. I watch. I got HBO. I can do on demand. But point of the dude story is, I am so scared of like of like swinging to another branch that I don't know that I've just I am just hamstrung by this and I pay hundreds of dollars every month for stupid cable, for thousands of channels that I'll never watch. I don't even know what they are, just so I can hear Bob and Franny call a 100-loss team. <laughs> how, how does Masson not have the monumental sports streaming option bit thing at this point? How is that possible? Well, mm. actually, let me direct my anger first at MLB. How does MLB.tv not allow me to watch an in-market Nats game? Right, like the the blackout. That's really to me the that's, most that, that, that's egregious the villain thing. Yeah, that's the. Villain. I will pay an unbelievable amount of money for that, especially now that they're giving me the access to all the minor league games. Because last season, I would watch Fred Nats. I would watch Harrisburg. You know, if, if James Wood was there, I, I was watching Rochester games when Cavalli was starting. I used that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Wilmington never has anybody really of value there, but. It, and they didn't have cameras for much of last season. But mm. I'll watch minor league games till the cows come home. I love it. Now, I do the prospect show anyway. So I'll watch random teams' minor league games on the, the grainy feeds or whatever. I will pay a crazy amount of money for that. Stop blacking out 
the team that I want to watch in my local market. That is outrageous. It's so stupid. It's it's archaic because that's what it used to be with the, with NFL games, where they would go, if "We don't sell out the home stadium. We're not going to put it on TV locally," and that was ridiculous. Well, what is the idea behind that? It's because you that you, you want people butts in seats game? first. Yeah, that's what you want first. Ugh. I just think in this modern era where everybody works until whatever time, it's like it is so hard. We work. 500 yards from from the center field gate. Numbers approximate. It's probably a little bit more than that, but whatever. Easy walk. I still it's still really hard for me to go to games on most weeknights for a million reasons. Like I just want we're trying to grow something here. Please let the dumb games be available to people. Please. If you've got enough people that are sitting here fretting about watching a 95 loss team. Yeah. And and it's hard. Stop making it hard to watch your product. Stop having games at nine o'clock in the morning only on Yahoo. Or but, whatever. Like, whatever sport's doing I, that. I don't need to do this because I get monumental. But correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we did this on the show, and we took calls and everything on this. Aren't the Wizards and Capitals currently available? Or is that a futuristic thing they announced? Can't you get them by the month right now? If you if you have monumental network, you pay that whatever the fee is no, per no, month? No, 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 no. Or the, the app thing? You can just get the app. Like, in other words, if I got rid of YouTube TV right now, and I had no TV at all, I can just get the monumental app and pay to stream Wizards and Capitals games. They provide them. That that we did the whole thing on yeah, it. it I, think right. I think that's right. I think that's right. They launched this thing. It's part of the, the whole monumental app. How is Masson not doing that? I don't understand. Yeah. They, they should be doing it way more than Monumental. Monumental's available everywhere. They have a they're, they're, that's the big leagues compared to Masson with all due respect. I mean they they have DirecTV and, and you name it, Comcast, Cox, whatever. Whereas Masson is unavailable on a lot of these cable providers. They should be doing the direct-to-consumer app. I, I, I'm i speaking out of school a little bit. Like, I don't know what I don't know. I just know that it shouldn't be hard for me to have to make this decision. There should be a way to do it. It's the only reason a lot of people in this area have not cut the cord. I'm one. There's got to be a way forward. Joe's in Clarksburg. What's up, Joe? Hey, Grant. Um, so, you know what makes your smart TV smart, right? What's that? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Turn off the Wi-Fi, run a cable from your computer to your TV, and you got a 90-inch monitor to watch your game on the VPN. Okay. So, I literally just... What am I... So, that now I sound like an idiot, because I am one, so that'll be fine. So, you were, talk, you were talking about the VPN. Yes, yes. The so, but what, VPN. what plug am I using? Like, what into what? A and USB you, out of my laptop? HDMI. Uh, HDMI. Okay. I'll bet your I'll bet your laptop has an HDMI port. I'm looking at it right now. This one shocker doesn't, but I can get one that does. Yeah, yeah. Well, well if it if it doesn't, you can probably do it with USB. I'll bet your smart TV has a USB also. Okay. I would yeah, never do this, by the off. way, Joe. I would never. It's it's already so complicated. I, no, no, I'm not. I, I'm just saying, I would obviously just pay for cable, Danny. I wouldn't use a VPN. And I wouldn't get it that way. Right. I wouldn't trick. Why'd MLB. you just wink at me? I didn't wink at you. What? You winked again. Done nothing at the source. Why is your right Here's eye winking? Here's how my brain works, though. Yeah. I just assume the second that this is not a bit, by the way, like uh-huh. you'll Joan. I just assume I don't even know what's illegal, what isn't. The second I plug in from my computer to my TV and I start VPNing, and the first pitch of the season, the national season is underway. Just eighteen cops kick my door in. Mm. Come yeah. running in like, hands on the ground, hands on the ground. 
it's a, you're, are you VPNing this Nats game? And like ripping me away. Truman and Reagan are crying. Allison is grabbing the baby. Like that's how I envision this whole thing going. Darius is giggling and losing his mind. But like, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, am I allowed the VPN? Uh, it's just letters to me. I don't know what that These is. These are just letters. I, here's what I know. A bunch of you 22-year-olds are out there just watching a bunch of games for free. Yeah, it's, it's website. It's called free.com. Yeah, <laughs> everything for everyone. And somehow yeah. you guys are fine. The second I try to watch James Wood go 0 for 4 in his debut and Mackenzie Gore get his teeth kicked in while the Nats fall to 3-27, and 27, I'm going to, hands on the ground, hands on the ground, all over the news, taken out in cuffs. CK fires my ass because I got arrested. All because I wanted it's to watch. It's an embarrassing the, look for the station. A bad baseball team. <laughs> I, I just I I would like to legally watch it without paying for cable. I suppose that I can't do that. Yeah. I again. So I'm gonna I get, sack up and pay for cable. I have I'm a admitted loser. defeat. You have the song by Beck Loser. I'm a loser, baby. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. I just keep getting kicked in the you know what. Yeah. Just because. And by the way, it's. A, it's not even that they're not even good. They're terrible. I know. No one wants to watch them. I'm going to spend more on cable than their active payroll. Numbers right? approximate. I will spend more on cable than any player makes not named Corbin or Strasburg. To watch what? Till tomorrow, Vargas again. Really again. Again, by the way. Mike and McLean. What's up? Boys, how we doing? Hey, Bodic. Look, you have two options from my perspective. You guys talk about sports for a living, correct? We yep, do. We do, yeah. So why don't you bring your receipts into work and say, CK, I'd like for you to pay for these. Oh, these oh, are what oh, we call a business oh, expense. Oh, what a funny Mike, joke. Now, here's what, here's what I'm telling you. Mike is you a are comedian. correct, by Hold the on. way. Can I ask him, where's your set at next uh, Friday it. night? Where don't are you, you don't make fun set? of Mike. He's right. What a funny joke he's making. Mike is correct. I was laughed out of the room <laughs> in every room I've been in. Including my accountants, by the way, where I go, this is for work. I pay this bill every month so that I can speak competently about this ball club. Is that worth anything? And she was like, I want to say this as nice as I can. That's so stupid. Right. You're stupid. And no one likes you. You should go home and wait until the end. I love Mike. It's a great call. Thank you, Mike. I don't want to get into the particulars because I, I don't know what I can and can't say. The notion. That Odyssey, this company, is it Odyssey or is it Audacity? You're in the middle of an Odyssey. I still don't understand the name of the audacious. company. But it's audacious. For some reason, it's, 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 it's two words combined. I don't remember the whole deal. It's a wombo. Part bold, part Odyssey. It's mm-hmm. Odyssey, mm-hmm. I think. It, the idea that they would pay for me to watch the baseball team is the most precious thing anyone's ever said. Yep. But I appreciate you saying it. Yep. I do. I really, truly do. It's great. Like I was like, could I have? Could I be reimbursed? Like, no, we have to pay for this other podcast we'll advertise during your show. Like, you can't get money back to watch the Nationals. I just want to watch the Nats. I just want to watch them on TV. But it, another thing I don't know anything about hmm. is now I'm going to open up a whole other can of worms. You're fine. Um, write-offs have completely changed. They have. So like it used to be years ago mm-hmm. that you could just write up anything related to work off, and now that's not a thing anymore. I don't know how or when that changed. I don't know what happened, but it did. It changed. A lot of things changed on that. Yeah. And I don't do my own taxes because I I don't know how to do anything. I can't do that. So I have an actual person that does that. I just know that there was a time where I'm like, here's my cable bill, and that mattered. And now they go, thank you for that. 
here's the, the receipt back. Right. It just doesn't matter You anymore. can take these pieces of paper out of the folder you just handed me. There's just so many things I don't know anything about. Yep. You want to talk James Wood, we could do that. Yep. I got you. I'm your guy. Just don't expect me to have seen him play. I know what it sounds like I've when Charlie and Dave call us at bat. Mm-hmm. What if I did that all year long? Just the guy who never watched the Nats game and I was just Mr. Charlie and Dave. Silly for the ratings. I had a couple zings about Mr. Never Watched the Nats guy, but I holstered him. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Uh, we can get back into the commander's needs, but I'm curious what people think. What's your plan for, I mean, is everyone in a good spot? We ready to go here watching the Nats this year? 800-636-1067. You're listening to the fan. This place is lit. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. We're taking you up to 630. Caps hockey tonight at 705. We got your pregame and eventually puck drop right here on your flagship home for the Capitals. We're also the flagship home for the Nats. We were talking about their season getting ready to ramp up. And I'm back to my move where I get rid of cable for the offseason. Now I got to figure out if it's time to go get some cable. You've been eating baked ziti today. I had some. Very jealous of the baked ziti situation that you're having. So I had the the real baked ziti, which is like the tasty kind that somebody was kind enough to make for B. Mitch and Finlay. I had also a different pasta uh, from home. Oh, is that what you were just eating? Yeah, I, that's I a, thought you doubled up on the baked ziti. No, this was a far less tasty kind of lowerish carb type of type thing. Um, so my little carb pasta, some Rayos, which is a good little tomato sauce if you're in the market for it, and uh, again like a, a a chicken that was baked with like a lower carb sort of crusty kind of deal. I mean, my own sort of like chicken parm pasta type thing. It's fine. It was fine. It's fine. I'm a ziti guy. Of course you are. Big ziti guy. I also like rigatoni. You in on rigatoni? 100%. I don't think I've had as much cannelloni, but it seems like it'd be up my alley. Also like big tubes. Very little pasta. That's not going to be a yes for me. Like it's, you'd be hard pressed to find a pasta. I'm like, you know what? No. I do all of it. I like, uh, is it Fugili? It's the, the little Fusilli? spiral joint. Fusilli. Fusilli. Okay. I'm looking at Farfalli. Those are the, the bow ties. Oh, yeah. Like those as well. A little tagliatelle. What don't I going? like? You know what I, you're going to be upset here. This is not, I'm not going to go as far as to say I don't like this. I'm just going to tell you that it's lower on my list. I would not move up in the draft to get it. I might even pass on it when everyone thinks it's coming off the board. Okay. Never been a huge ravioli guy. Whoa. Like, I'll never Whoa. go to a restaurant <laughs> okay. and order ravioli. Because mm. it, it, there's not enough of it, I feel like. There's like, you're supposed to give me a few now, pieces I'm with you there. The, I, the, I feel like I never get enough ravioli. I'm with you. Uh, also, it's like two forkful. I, I cut it right down the middle. Next thing you know, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. So, ravioli is a little overrated. Now, I'm not on board with that. I just want more of it because it, it, it's appropriately rated to me. Yeah. But I need bigger portions. Somebody figure that out. The one that I think is overrated, I don't know if I'm going to lose some people here. Oh, boy. And I don't think I'd go as far as to say I have no interest in it because I would still obviously eat it. Okay? Because it's better than not pasta. But angel hair pasta can kick rocks. I don't think that's a bad take. It can kick rocks. Kick rocks is slightly strong. But, yeah, angel hair pasta, I would say, is if – if all the pastas were together and one by one we're kicking them off the island in a game of Survivor, 
I, I, I hope they have an ally or two because I'm put, writing their name on the card. Again, it's better than like leaves or air or something that's not good, sure. but it's it's the worst of the pastas. I think that's my lowest seed pasta. I just spaghetti in general. I don't know if it's because I ate it a lot growing up, like everybody else or what, but spaghetti, it can be very good. Chicken parm or meatballs. I, I, like, I'll eat spaghetti. The next time I eat it, I'll thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I'm never seeking it out. I'll never go to a restaurant and order spaghetti. If I get some spaghetti with my chicken parm or something, cool. Yeah. I'd rather my parm come with ZD or like something. Like, when we like went that. to Philomena and I got my uh, my giant veal, which is the size of half the table. First meal I've ever seen that beat you. Yeah, it beat me. And I'm still embarrassed about it. But I had a side of pasta, side of spaghetti. That's about right. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I got a little working in a little bit right there. Exactly. But I'm majoring in this giant veal. Let's go to our buddy Chris in Hyattsville. Hello, Christopher. Guys, you realize that pasta is literally the same thing, just 29 different ways, right? That's right. We are we are familiar. I mean, it's exactly the same food substance, just in a different shape. So, is it exactly um, the same? It's pretty darn similar. I think it's, it's very the same comparable. thing. Yeah. No, the pasta, big pasta has put a, a scam on us to convince us that they're all different. Big pasta And have their own, you know. Uh, it's the same <laughs> thing with Mexican food. It's the same thing, just 13 different ways. Uh, so, this great. So, this is, uh, the last guy had a really good idea uh, streaming through the HDMI cord. Uh, by the way, God, thank God for sports talk because uh, I really don't know what either of you would do as a profession. Very your skills point. are so limited. This is very correct. Limited, um, by the way. As Ron Rivera once said, our very skills limited. are very limited. Extremely limited. Uh, so this is the real reason why they black out the games locally. It has nothing to do with attendance. That's an old thing from the NFL, which is not even a thing anymore. Right. It's because they're clinging to this outdated obsolete RSN model, and they want to have as many viewers as possible, both the cable networks, which pay money for those uh, networks to be on their uh, provider list, and the franchises want to have as many viewers so they can sell those eyeballs as through advertisers through the RSN. If you're watching through MLB Bell TV, uh, they can't make that claim. Good point. Mm. And they, at least they haven't figured out how to make it work. I get it, and that's a good Thanks, point. Buddy. I just either cutting off their nose to spite their face, which I've never understood that saying, by the way. I just, I'll throw it out there because I know that it, it, it works here. But I, get with the program, man. It's 2024. Like, figure it out and make me the, give me the option of being able to watch my team in my market. Michael's in Silver Spring. What's up, Michael? Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. I got a solution for you. All you need to do is download the Masson app, and I did this last year. And if you just have a cable login, login. If you have a coworker, maybe someone sitting next to you that has a cable login, log in with their cable. You can watch any game. Now, I I would never do this, but I'm going to ask some follow up questions um, out of curiosity. But I would never. I want. All of the important of people listening to know this is not something I personally would mm-hmm. ever do. We're just hypothetically talking. So in this situation you're referencing, hypothetically, of some, course. some jerk, how sure are you that that could work, that this jerk could just get a login, log in with someone else's information, and that the Masson app actually would stream the game on their smart TV? As a millennial jerk that does not have cable and hasn't had cable for eight years, oh, but so still jealous. uses his dad's cable login... Uh, I can confirm that this worked. I used it all last year. Allegedly. 
allegedly, allegedly. Right, right. But I mean, family, family, right? If your coworker, do you consider your coworker family? In I, a way, well, I mean, I, I, what I think is irrelevant because I'm not involved. But hypothetically, right, some, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, someone sure, sure. could, someone right. could, yeah. think one that. could think that. Yeah, so they have the app, the Masson app now, uh, and it makes it a little bit easier as long as you got that cable login. So the Masson app streams the game. Correct. Wow. So that's what the old Monumental Sports app did, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think still does. By the way, when I would get on, I'd have to punch in like my Directv credentials. Login password. So this says here, I'm just, again, what do I know? I'm over here having been beaten by cable, so I, I got nothing. But it says, below are current providers who will be able to authenticate the Masson app. Armstrong, Bay Country Communications, Breezeline, Como Connect, Cox DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, Easton Velocity, Loomis Networks, Mediacom, Scout Spectrum, Verizon Fios, and Xfinity. So anyone who has those has the ability to stream the Masson app. As long as you, I guess, have a cable account with one of those things, that's what he's talking about. If you, if, if like, somebody... Like Danny Ruye. Had a cable account, yeah. Danny Ruye can get that app. I could do that. You wouldn't need it because you're watching on cable. I've already got the cable. What could you do with that extra uh, access? Uh, if only. What am I? Looking over both shoulders. There's nothing to do with uh, all this access. <laughs> Just so many ways to watch the to do. Hmm, that's real interesting. Hmm. My lips are filling with smile. <laughs> Ralph Vecchiano says that Sam Howell could be on the move. We'll talk about that next on G&D. All right, if you missed Ralph Vacchiano on Grant and Danny, covers the NFCs for Fox Sports. I'm going to play a couple of the clips from him in just a moment. He thinks the commanders should consider trading Sam Howell and, in fact, thinks that they will. Also said he thinks they should get a <clears throat> could get a third-round pick for him. Real quickly, I just want to update everyone. The plan's already falling apart. <laughs> and that's because as soon as we went to break, Danny started saying back a little bit. Immediately, I was like, all right, so can we test this tonight? Let's just see. You're watching TV. I'll log into your, you know, TV uh, login. And he's like, I I don't know the password. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, maybe you could ask your wife. She holds the password. And he's like, "Uh, maybe, but that could be complicated. And I was like, okay. So just one thing. He's like, I'm like, all right, well, ask her. And he's like, she's out of town. And I'm like, okay, well, when did she get back into town? He's like, oh, she doesn't like me to bring up stuff about cable. And I'm like, okay, well. You're if, exaggerating, but the, the, the but big tick. this t- is the bit you're doing. Right. Well, the so big tick. Yeah, go ahead. So, so then a couple more of these where I'm just like, so what we'll do is you'll watch TV. We'll make sure that your TV isn't bothered by me logging in. He's like, oh, what, what, what happens if I'm not home tonight? I, I might be home till 2 in the morning. Ah. So it's, it's very clear he wants nothing to do with this. But I just keep kind of casually pushing through, you know, whatever. And then Danny at one point, a couple minutes later, 
just got, we're talking about something else and he just summons the courage and go from the corner of the room goes i'm not really excited about you using my cable and there it was whatever that is guy mm-hmm. you lead the league in it whatever that is i got it <laughs> i have no interest in this plan so right but are here's you, why will you acknowledge that the like give a friend a shirt off your back thing is just not what you like to do wrong the, the HBO Max situation, you shot me down. like so I don't have uh, it. I, I was a, an American, and you were a red coat in 1763. I mean, like, w- what are we doing here? Uh, there are moments of where I'm more than happy to be beyond generous, I feel like. When it comes to a login that I know is going to be a cluster, and someone gives me, no, it's just fine. You'll just, just, just. It's never just fine. You, what you're basically going, you're basically saying is, hey, man, do this really, really annoying thing and go through a lot of rigmarole and red tape to try to get it fixed just so I can see something. I'm not going to, I don't want to do that at all. Okay. I'm tra- what I try to explain, and everyone goes, ah! and they laugh at me or make fun of me. We have a, a second television or a little rec room, exercise room, playroom for the kids. When I try to log in there to watch a television program, on the rare occasion my kids are watching it on our normal TV, everything breaks. We can't log into either. The cable gets shut down. It's phone calls to the cable company. I hate the cable company so much. I hate everything about cable. It doesn't even work in my own house. And you're like, why don't I claim your login credentials? And I'm sure you'll just unwind it fine. I don't want to do that. In the event that you knew your name and password well, that it could be fairly seamless, would you do that? No. What I would do is... You know, I'll, I'll get you another Christmas gift next year. Try to be thoughtful on that. I, right. I'll, 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 you'd give, I'll be. You'd give very good Christmas. I will be. Gift. I will be generous when when appropriate. I, I'm. <laughs> when appropriate. This is not that time. Uh, so I'm not suggesting yeah. you're not a nice person. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're taking a little. Well, issue. you just said you're you're not generous at all. I didn't. I didn't say that. I think that was the exact I, phrase you used. In this category, like what there it? there are two types of people in the world. Okay. Okay. A person you would call up and say, "Hey, man, I'm at work." I can't log into this computer to print something. Can you give me your login really quick? I am the guy who goes, yeah, it's G.H. Paulson, and then my password is this. Danny's the guy who has to give you a, a, a bunch of reasons why today he doesn't remember his login and he doesn't want you to use it. Fair or not? Yeah, that's fair. And it's because... I just wish you weren't that guy in these situations. I got you. It's because I, and in this case, this happens to be true, my wife took it away from me. I, I hate the I hate cable so much. I I want it gone. I'm on a constant rampage with like a, a big old uh, swashbuckling sword, just slashing expenses all the time. Anywhere I can anywhere I can find one, I cut it. And I would cut this cable so many times. I've been so pissed off. And she's like, "I'm taking this away from you. You 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 can't be trusted with this. I'm paying this bill." She has the login. She has the password. She has all of it. The last time I wanted to cut it was when I was like, "I'd like to be able to watch this football game." The rare occasion my kids are at home Sunday at like four o'clock or whatever, they wanted to watch some Teletubby bullcrap. I don't know, or YouTube video where some guy goes, "Let's go!" seven thousand times. Right. So look, I'll just go into this room and I'll watch it. I couldn't watch it; it was infuriating. Understood. Then all the cable went away. I just, I, I'm asking you, why would you be so selfish to put me through that? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> why would you be that I, self-centered that you think Danny deserves that? In this hypothetical, and this is kind of my point, honestly. Yep. And again, I'm not saying I would have ever done that, yep. okay? Because I think that that's wrong, and I think everyone should pay for their own cable. Mm. Uh, in this hypothetical, though, I guess what I'm saying is we're coming from two different places where I would, I have many, many times. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I want to watch this show. Oh, cool. 
use my credentials. Here it is. Or or not even for whatever, you know, but just in general, like, sure. hey, uh, can I borrow your car for two days? Yeah, man. Uh, my bad. I, I bumped into a tree. No worries. Okay. Like, that's kind of <laughs> We had this great conversation years ago about I a pen. I like asking you the same question would go very different. Well, remember, remember the pen where you're like, I will literally never ask for the pen back? Was it you? Was it your pen? No, but it was like we had an exchange about like, I'd be like, hey, man, like at oh, some point, I could yes, I have my yes, pen yes. back at some point? Like, I'm, no rush. Yeah. But you were like, I would literally never once bring it up. That's a great if I, example. If I handed someone a pen, to you, that pen is gone. Correct. To me, like, I would hope it comes back to me at some point. Same with money, mm. by the way. If 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 I uh, get someone lunch, the, the idea that I would ever ask for money again mm-hmm. is especially like 15 bucks, 10 bucks, 8 bucks. In a million years, I wouldn't do that. For just just a couple of pals. It'll come back around probably eventually. The idea of like, uh, last Wednesday, I think I got you uh, kava. Like, I, I just can't believe that. Yeah, I, I think I did send you a Venmo reminder. You a couple always send ago. me Venmo reminders. I do reminders, One, yeah. Like five minutes after we eat, yep. which I find hilarious, but not joning. Like, yep. I, I mean, I, I was joning gonna, a little. But I wasn't going to bring that up. But it's all part of it. Yeah. Like, this is my point. Because I, I, you, I, you will never get a Venmo reminder from me. I'm not saying I'm like better. I'm just saying we are no, two just different, different people. I can't handle owing people money, right? So that, that's my anxiety is almost secondhand in that way. Does that make sense? Like, because I owe you money right now and I, it's freaking me out. I wouldn't know it. I do, but I, I owe, owe you money. You. No, I do. It's for uh, for uh, the Florida thing that we're undertaking. I owe you money. Okay. It's freaking me out that I owe you money. I'm, I'm going to pay it as soon as I possibly can. I, I have not but thought of it for one second. I know, and, you, and that's an attribute that you have over me. You're, you're better at that than I am. It drives me crazy both to owe and be owed money, I, and it all resolved. I don't want you to have any anxiety about it. It's too late. If you never pay me that money, I'm it will pay change you. nothing about our relationship, and I'll never think about it again, probably. You, I mean, you... It's a few hundred bucks, but I owe you some money. Um, that one I might think about. Yeah, no, you think about that one. I don't think I, I honestly, and I'm not like. It sounds like I'm pretending to be like awesome. I, I, if, it doesn't. No, it's true. I'm not it's not an this act. Is like great. You are unbothered. I, I'm just saying, we. I have so many other things to care about. Mm-hmm. If I get to a point where I I can't pay bills or the kids need some money or something. You might hear from me, and I might go, <laughs> right. hey, Danny, can I get a couple hundred bucks? Don't ask any questions, but I'll, I'll hit you back. And you would say no, and then and then what? So then and I would then go, not, that I'm kidding about. But it is just very different. So just know. We're going to hurt some people. If you ever want to watch Hard Knocks because you're obsessed with Mike McDaniel, uh-huh. and you cut DirecTV halfway through the season, and you lose your access, I would allow you to watch Hard Knocks. That's what I would do for you. Uh, very nice of you. I don't. I keep telling you this. I don't have Max. I don't have it. You, you do though. I don't. Mm. It's a separate. You've made subscription. It very clear you have HBO. I have HBO. I can watch HBO on my can, television. Can you admit that you don't know some of the things that you have because you're not sure how it all works? I'm sure that's correct. <laughs> but I said no to Max, which is okay. separate. That's for watching it on your phone and watching it on your laptop it. and your and your iPad and your what have you. I have HBO. I get. I do the on demand on right. HBO. Through through that, so in other words, like I, I wasn't sure I was gonna be able to watch all the True Detectives of the latest season live, so I recorded them. I do that with my with my cable company. That's not an HBO thing. See what I'm saying? I don't have Max, as far as you know. Neither do the Nationals. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, all right, let's get to Raph Velkiano. Covers the NFC East for Fox Sports. We had him on. He was reporting over the weekend that the Commanders should try to trade Sam Howell, and he thinks they could get good value for him and. Didn't make a lot of sense. We wanted to try to get to the bottom of it. So here he was just a bit ago on G&D. When you've got a rookie quarterback 
you bring in a veteran who's done it before for years, who can not only be the guy that can step in for a few games um, and, you know, take over if the rookie struggles, but also be a mentor to him. Uh, You don't want a guy who is young enough where he's still sort of fighting for his career, a guy who's young enough where, I mean, Sam Howell is still trying to figure things out, right? He's only started 18 games. He does still, well, it's not, he's not going to be experiencing a lot of growing pains. He's still learning. Um, I would prefer a Jacoby Brissett who's done it, who understands, you know, his place in the NFL now is probably mostly as a back. He's happy to play, but he gets it. He's there to support the the young kid in front of him. So that's what I would want and why, you know, and that, if you do that, then Sam Howell's your third stringer, and that's just a waste to me. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, maybe Adam Peters would be comfortable with Sam Howell as a backup, but um, that's a tough spot for anybody who wants to play, who's really who thinks they deserve to play and is really – still fighting for that chance in the NFL. It's a bit of a minefield to put that behind a rookie who's going to need to play because he's the number two pick in the draft. All right, so I want to get into this idea with you in a minute, Danny, that the backup to the number two overall pick should be a veteran who's been around for a long time, not a guy in his second year as a player uh, on the field like Sam Howell is going to be. So we should get into that. He also talked about, uh, as we got deeper into the conversation, what they could possibly get back and know that he thinks that Sam Howell is going to be traded. It's not just that he's heard from a couple sources that they could move him. He actually thinks it's going to happen. I think they're going to move him. I think that they, especially if they take a quarterback at number two, I think that they're going to find takers for Sam Howell and they'll move him and they'll bring in, you know, they'll re-sign Jacoby Brissett. They'll sign another veteran. I think that's the smart way to go. It's what the way most teams go. Um, you know, obviously they're so new right now. I don't know that they've formulated a complete plan and exactly what they're doing. Um, you know, but again, I, I don't think they would give him away if, the, if for some reason the best offer they get is a sixth or seventh round pick, then you keep the asset. You know, then if your rookie gets hurt, maybe you play him. Maybe a quarterback on some other team gets hurt in training camp and suddenly Sam Howell's uh, value is even more because teams start to get desperate and they want somebody with some starting experience. So thinks it's going to happen, Danny suggested the Jets. I'm surprised by that. Some other teams where, you know, he thinks they need an upgrade to mm-hmm. a backup that are contenders in case something happens with their starter. And in the Jets' case, obviously, Rodgers is 40 and coming off of an Achilles. So what'd you make of the combo? So that's the most surprising part is his confidence that this actually does happen, that he moves. I, I just, I don't, so if, if you accept the premise that Sam Howell could fetch a third rounder, then I'm with you. Then I do think it happens. I just don't see that as realistic. And again, I, I'm surprised Every year and every time there's a trade in the NFL by what somebody either fetches or doesn't, I'm always stunned by the trade market. I, I am terrible at a lot of things. That may be the thing I'm worst at is predicting what someone's going to get in, in trade. But if that happens, I think, a third a third rounder, then, yeah, I do see the likelihood. And that's kind of what where Ralph is coming from, that somebody is interested uh, to that degree, right, that they would part with a third-round pick, mid, late, whatever it is, to go grab Sam Howell, then I do see him on the move. I, I just don't think that's likely. I think he's here next year and beyond. My favorite part of the conversation that really got me thinking was the notion that if you're drafting a QB at two, you need to pair them with a veteran. And I guess my question is, did they do that already with Blau, the quarterback's coach? Not that he played a lot or has had a ton of success, but he is a traditional like third string, longtime veteran who can answer any question a kid has in that QB room. Is that enough? Or would you rather... Doesn't matter if it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Whatever your dream scenario is at number two, that backup to that player be 
a more established, longtime veteran quarterback. Let's get into that next. We'll open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines at 800-636-1067. That's 800-636-1067. By the way, on Twitter, I just got this question from Cobra Commander. Mm. They said, ask Danny, would he be more likely to share cable credentials, french fries, enjoy an evening at a puppy bowl? You've got to pick one of the three. He also provided D. Read that one. None of the above. That is correct. Yeah, but that's not an option. Mm. He was just giving you an easy answer there. It would probably be share cable credentials. Okay. Sharing fries is wrong. I'll buy your own. Um, I'm not going to the puppy. The pen thing that you brought up is perfect. That's that's the dichotomy. That is at its core. Yeah. If you let Ryan borrow a pen... You're asking for the pen back a few minutes later. No, 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 not even that. Not, I'd, I'd, ask, I'd hope that the pen comes back to me at some point. Agreed. I might ask days later, right. hours later. It would, I'd like it back. I, for I you, that, that when the, that pen leaves your hand, it's gone. Also, though, the guy that asks about a pen that he let you borrow days earlier, non-criminal division, one of the worst people we have. There you go. Of course I don't have your pen today. I've changed clothes. I've showered. It wasn't with me. Uh-huh. No, I don't have your pen anymore. What a foolish ask. I'll go buy you 8,000 of them and drop them on your desk tomorrow. I would love that. Frank, never ask me that again. What a dumb <laughs> question. But you're right. Like that, that is the, the pen is because uh-huh. I use that as my example of in a, can you imagine? Have some shame. It's a pen, man. Mm-hmm. It is. What, what more important, your dignity and then keeping a little <laughs> bit of dignity. shame or getting that stupid pen back, that useless well, pen it's probably because I don't have a pen anymore. Like, I don't have anything to write with. Go borrow someone else's. Go find a pen. But now I got to be on the hunt for it? I, I don't know. It's a lot. Let's talk Sam Howe next on G&D. They're never going to say rebuild because everybody hates that word, and it always looks like, oh no, we're starting over, and it's going to take five years or whatever. But you know, you and I know, and everybody listening knows, they're rebuilding. You know, they they've got what is it now? With the cap raise, eighty something million dollars in mm-hmm. cap room, a high pick. They're going to start over with a rookie quarterback. They're not looking at let's make the playoffs now or let's just fine tune this. This is by the time they're back in the postseason, it is going to be a completely different looking team and. Whatever you, whatever R word you want to use for that is fine with me, but we, we know it's a rebuild. Ralph Vecchiano of Fox Sports is heard earlier today on Grant and Danny. Get this. He thinks the commanders could get a third-round pick for Sam Howe. I don't, for the record. But he's got someone who told him in football that he thinks that's what Howe's value could be. We asked him about that. One of the people who told me that maybe they could get a third-round pick for him pointed out that I think the the 49ers, when they traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys, they got a fourth-round pick. Now, Trey Lance was a first-round pick when he was selected, but you know who do you think right now is the better quarterback? I mean, it, Trey Lance has not shown anything, obviously. He's had injury issues. Sam Howell's played for a year. He's shown he can win a little bit. He's shown he's tough. Um, you know, I, I would, and this person said, I, I think Sam Howell right now is the guy you would be more comfortable with, so... If the 49ers got a fourth rounder for Lance, why can't the commanders get a third rounder for Sam Howell? Is the Lance comp working for you? Is that relevant? It 
It is to a degree, like a guy that doesn't have a lot of great deposits in the bank. I know it's a different pedigree, like AKA a guy that you traded the moon forward or trying to recoup something with a first round uh, grade on him, but inexperienced young quarterback with some upside who doesn't have a lot of deposits in the bank fetches fourth rounder. That's not crazy to me. So I, I get, I understand it's not apples to apples. There are very few situations where fifth round guy thrust into the action starts, starts all 17 games, does some good, a lot of bad. And now a new regime is here. There aren't a ton of data points and samples for that. If you're looking for a precedent. Look, I would trade Sam Howell for a third. I would even probably trade him. I'd have to think long and hard about it. But I would probably trade him for an early fourth if it was a really early fourth. Because now you're talking about being just quick math in my head. You know, in the early 100s, so to speak, right? And you're adding what would be maybe a seventh pick in the top 110 if you're Washington. That's just from a maneuverability standpoint, kind of moving around the board. Um, If I had, like, pick 105, 107, and then I have 236, 40, 67, 101, 103, 107 in a a Howell deal, and I'm signing a veteran backup to go with my number two overall pick anyway, that looks pretty juicy. Because if I'm right about Adam Peters and Lance Newmark in this staff, they should be able to find some starters in the fourth round. You would think, I think in this class... You could get your wide receiver three this year in the fourth round. I think you could get your speedy running back who plays a lot, catches the ball out of the backfield, helps Robinson and Rodriguez there. I think you can get an offensive lineman. Maybe that, uh, I don't think a starter this year, but maybe that starts playing on the interior by next year, pushes someone by the end of this season, uh, if you guess right there. I think you could definitely get a contributor on the D-line, maybe at defensive end or at linebacker or in the secondary in the fourth round, who plays a lot of special teams. Anything later than that, I wouldn't consider it at all. But I think the best topic out of that conversation is, it's my belief Sam Howell could be a really good backup. I think based on what I saw, 21 touchdowns, 21 picks, we focused a lot in the second half of the season on his shortcomings, on his issues, on the areas where he came up short. Mm -hmm. That's because we were evaluating him to see if he was the guy. Every discussion we had, Every argument anyone got into about him, the backdrop was, is Sam Howell the guy, yes or no? It's a completely different conversation if we're talking about him as the QB2. I saw plenty that I'm interested in for him to be that change of pace yep. off the bench in a pinch. Make Somebody a couple hero down. ball plays, Hell scramble yeah. around. Yeah, I think he could be really, really good at that, and he costs nothing. It, it, he is one of the cheaper quarterbacks in the National Football League. He was barely inside the top 50 in quarterback earnings last season, and that's not going to change a whole lot because there's no exercising a fifth-year option coming for him as a non-first-round player. Two years left at no money, then you pay him almost nothing. But the the question we need to circle back to is, is Vacchiano correct when he says this team, Washington, should be adding a backup who is 30-something, and who's played a lot that can help Mayor Daniels. That should be their plan at backup quarterback, not Sam Howell or somebody like him. It's what I would do. And I understand saying, well, you've already got this thing in building. It's already pretty it's, – it's a fairly unique situation, right? But to me, when I think backup, I'm thinking Josh Dobbs, photographic memory, rocket scientist. I mean, literally, that's what he was on his way to do before he got had to do a pit stop in the NFL. I want someone that's so smart that's been through the ringer that can be 
that true, honest-to-goodness veteran to convey and, and simplify concepts and help study habits and all those sorts of things to help this guy make the transition from being a college superstar to a neophyte rookie quarterback with tremendous upside. I want a veteran. I want a guy that has done this before. Sam Howell is still doing it. Sam Howell is still in the middle of his own sort of renaissance, figuring out who he is in the NFL, trying to establish himself. Am I a starter? Am I a Billy the backup? Am I, you know, kind of that 1A for somebody, right, where I, I'm in that Mitch Trubisky $10 million tier in, in a couple of years? Or am I down in the, in the Blaine Gabbert tier? What am I going to be? That's not mentorship to me. That's still fighting for my survival in the deep end. What about having that guy and also having your your upside project? I mean, that's something we've talked about in the past. I know mm-hmm. you're not a huge proponent of the third quarterback necessarily. Right. But there is logic to, you know, sometimes it's Jake Fromm on your practice squad. A lot of teams use the P squad to stash like a project quarterback like that. But what if it was a guy that was just way advanced in Hal's case, who's on your active 53 because otherwise he'd be claimed, who's played, and yeah, there was a lot of bad, probably so much so that you're drafting a QB because he's a backup. But you still really like him. So you've got your veteran mm-hmm. who and it does, I don't care who's second and who's third on the depth chart, by the way. If uh if you sign Colt McCoy as your third string quarterback and he's basically a QB's coach who's sitting in your room answering questions, just like David Blau, but he's on the roster, mm-hmm. and you've got Howell as well, isn't that the perfect room? Like you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have Howell. And you can have that quarterback. I guess at that point, it just comes down to, is the pick more valuable than the player? And when is the line of demarcation? Yeah. I mean, for me, the pick is more valuable than a guy that's not going to play. Like, I, I understand your point, and it would be nice in a, in, a, in, a, in a world where there aren't salary cap limitations or roster limitations. I need that that spot that's going to go to a third quarterback that's never going to play. I need that for a linebacker, for a, a safety, for a lineman. I need that what active if he's your number two? That's what I'm not interested in. You know what I mean? I, I want the veteran for that. Okay. So there's no path to – I'm just trying to think of – No, I, know, right I, I, I understand exactly. What, I know what you're trying to get Blaine at Blaine Gabbard is your three. Sam Howell is your two. No interest in something like that. Eh, some. I, I like the idea of having a veteran for cheap there for a f- to help if that. If Sam is off, you know, five for Sam. Yeah, then, I, I'll prob- then I'll probably go with that room. But to me, I'm just – like a guy that's not – I keep saying the same thing. I know I'm annoying. The guy that's never going to play for me, I'm not but, interested in. Yeah, the, and I'm, I, I guess, equally being annoying and, and asking questions over and over. But how do we, you have no idea? The point is, you have no idea if he's going to play for you, and that's why I'm drilling down on two versus three. Mm-hmm. If he's your backup, he might play a bunch. I just went through the numbers last hour with you. I mean, there were eight quarterbacks in the entire NFL last year that played 95 percent of the snaps. So that, that's kind of what I mean by mm-hmm. like. It sounds like you really do, like I do, value the idea of the veteran QB. They can answer questions in the room. Yeah, I'm in, I'm very much more into that than, well, what if my starter gets hurt this amount of time or whatever? Over the next couple of years, I the only thing that matters to me is what the rookie quarterback's doing. Do you agree that Sam Howell has potential to be better than he was last year? Sure. Like, what is his upside? Because I think he could be a, a Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he's, he's a Gardner Minshew type. You don't want that guy so that when your Anthony Richardson goes down, you can be playing for the playoffs in week 18? I'd, I'd, I'd like Gardner Minshew. He'll be 28 this coming year. You know what I mean? Instead of Sam Howell, who's not Gardner Minshew yet. It costs you three times as much. When my team is good, then I'll do that. Okay. But right now, the only thing that's relevant to me is the rookie quarterback. Howell's not going to play for me. So you almost don't care about the pick, I'd say. 
as much. Right. To me, a fifth rounder is a waste of time. Now I'll just I'll just keep the guy. But I got a, if I get a fourth rounder, instantly I'm doing that deal. Instantly. Threshold for me is a little bit higher. I've I just see a little more value in keeping a guy around. I've spent resources on. Yeah. Time and energy. Mm-hmm. On. And I think there is a path to him being a long-term backup, which I I that is not a nothing burger to me. I got you. Like you're looking at it and going, it's how I view fantasy football quarterback, by the way. I never have a second quarterback on my roster, ever. I'll pick someone up. I'll stream them. I'm not wasting a roster spot. Give me a running back or, or a receiver. I also draft quarterbacks late unless it's a six-point passing touchdown league. Because my point is, I can't play two of them. Right. But in reality, in real football, any play, he could be on the field. Now, if you're saying he's your third stringer, that changes the entire algorithm. Right? Because right. then, to your point, he, he really he is. He might as well just, be Nate Sudfeld. He, he is a project. And... I'd rather have a three than a project. Rather have a four than a project. But if, if honestly, if he's my third stringer, I'd rather have a five, maybe two. Mm. And I'm not even the one that wants to deal him. Mike's in Gaithersburg. What's up, Mike? You're on Grant and Danny. What's going on, Mike? Seriously? Really? You call up and say that That's... on this show? Wow. I don't know that I would have said that. That. There's pull that audio, please. Ooh. We've never had a caller say something like that. That is half past crazy. That is good. For, I mean, listen, you put there are one, women and children listen. Yeah, you sir. put your pants on one leg at a time, and then you say that. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. You guys want to hop in on the fan? Taking you up to six thirty. The combine getting started today. We'll discuss the decisions of Jaden Daniels not to throw, Caleb Williams not to throw, and one of the stars in the class who said, "I'm not going at all." This is the fan. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Welcome back and thank you for making the show part of your day. Brady House had a two-run knock with the bases loaded today. The kids at Nats spring training are the, playing well. The kids, buddy, you, you get you, there's a little bit of a you squint a little bit. You look towards that future. It's a little house, a little hassle, a little wood, you know. Keep those bats warm for when the guys get there this weekend. I just don't want them to waste all their hits now. I want to see some production from the young Nats. Tell them to store a couple for the weekend. We're gonna be there. Sunday, we'll be watching them play in West Palm. Cannot come soon enough. Can't wait to get out into the sun. The question for you guys, you heard from Ralph Acchiano of Fox Sports earlier today, thinks the commanders could get a third for Sam Howell. If that's true, they'll trade him. I just don't think it is. That seems crazy to me. Would you be making calls or interested in that, or do you view him as an asset they need to hang on to moving forward? Let's go to Dave in Rockville. How are you, Dave? Hey, I'm great. Great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. I, I, I think Sam Howell is, I mean, I'm glad we're going to draft the quarterback. I'm glad that he's not going to be the starter anymore. But I think he's really high value. I think they should get a third-round pick for him. I mean, most importantly, we did see, I mean, we saw a lot of bad, uh, obviously, all the, the whole second half of the season. However, Look at how many quarterbacks went down last year. I mean, you had Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick starting a ton of games. Too many games. Sam Howell is way better than those guys. 
think he absolutely gets a third. And lastly, I mean, even even with all the bad, we did see that he was a competent, capable, at least backup worthy by that by that good work that he did put forward, I think. So I, I think they should get a third. I think I think he's really high value. I'm not sure that it you know, it's irrefutable or just like unequivocal that he's better than the guys that you named. I get the point, certainly in Easton Sticks case, for sure. Aiden O'Connell was kind of Sam Howell-ish at times, like similar. Sure. But having said that, debating the merits there isn't really the point of the call. I think he's on to something. I gave these numbers earlier, but from 2012 through 2018, on average, right around 16-plus quarterbacks spent 95% of the snaps for their team on the field over the full season. 16-plus. This past season, eight quarterbacks did it. Since the 17-game season was instituted, 2021, 11 QBs pulled it off. 2022, just 10. 2023, just eight. There was never a single season from 2012 through 2020 where 11 or fewer quarterbacks played 95% of snaps. So we have seen since the season extended, it's very obvious what's happening. Quarterbacks are not staying healthy to the same extent. It's just not happening. So the the backup quarterback, without a doubt, is more important than it used to be. And if you think Sam Howell's decent, which I think Washington does, then it just takes more to trade for him yeah. than it would have five, seven, eight years ago. John's in McLean. What's up, John? Hey, good evening. Um, I'm in the camp of keep Sam Howell. I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. Um, and he's basically on rookie money. And we're going to get another quarterback on rookie money. And Sam had decent uh, chemistry with the receivers. Um, and as far as this thing about the backup, veteran backup, I've never, they always say nice things about their backups, but I've never heard a quarterback say, my backup made me who I am. It's the coach that coaches up the quarterback, and it's great to have a nice veteran backup. But I think Sam will show a lot of that. Appreciate you, dude. The, the, we haven't seen a ceiling yet. You're probably right about that. But that's what everybody's doing. That's what every guys that are paid professionally to do it, a.k.a. a scout or a general manager or otherwise. You're judging what you've seen and then projecting the ceiling. My projection is I'm not really that concerned about this anymore. With all due respect to the kid. I mean, who knows? He could, he could go somewhere else and ball out and turn into a pro bowler and it'll be egg on my face. But I feel like I've seen enough to know this is not that superstar that's going to change everything here. He's fine. I can find fine. He mentioned the financial element. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think that's nothing. I know I brought this up no, it's significant. earlier, but just working off last year's number for Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett last season was an $8.5 million hit against Washington's cap. 8.5 mil. That's kind of like now, I don't know if it's high end, but what a veteran quality starter who might have to play for you at some point is going to get, right? Sam Howell, not this season, but next season in the final year of his deal, his cap number will barely be over $1 million. So if you're penciling in, I'm just going to say with the cap going up, like $10 million for the type of backup you're talking about, Mm -hmm. who is like, Mr. I played, I was there, Uncle Rico can throw the ball over that (laughs) mountain, I'm 33, whatever. That's maybe a $9 million difference in cap space. That's significant. Between Sam Howell and that guy. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like the beauty of the rookie contract is Drake May or Jaden Daniels until the final year when they get the fifth year extension, maybe even the fourth year of their deal. They're not really making good money. 
they're making kind of backup-ish money anyway. So, like, the combination of the rookie and the veteran, it's still $15, $18, 20000000 million. Yeah, it's still less than a third of what these guys are going to be making. Sure, yeah. the elites. But you know what would be even nicer is if it's 8 or $9 million. Yeah. I mean, if you're paying – if your backup is the, the 44th highest-paid quarterback in the league in three years as opposed to someone making 9 or $10 million against your cap, that's a big help. For sure. And – as the guy starts to proceed through his career and is going to start making, you know, that 40, 50, whatever, who knows what it's going to be in five, six years, 60 million bucks, you need to cut costs wherever you can. So if you can find that super cheap, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, needle through the th- or threaded needle right there where you have a, a guy that is now a veteran who has been through it, doesn't cost you very much, you jump at that chance. I think that's certainly an ideal scenario, but that feels far away from me. But it sounds like just to put a bow on this. We're in lockstep that even though Vacchiano's got a source telling him he thinks Washington can get a three, that offer's not coming. I just don't think that's coming. Find me a team. Who would offer a three? Like, he said the Jets make sense for him for Sam Howe. There's no way the Jets would offer a third-round pick. The current iteration of the Jets so that he could sit behind Rodgers, learn for a year, and then maybe take over for him in a season or two? No way. If you're offering a third, it's for him to start. I mean, the Rams are, you know, with Matt Stafford towards the end of his career at 19. But but he's not playing this year. Right. Am I, am I wrong in no, saying I just, if, he's getting, if you're giving up a three, he's starting for you this year? You would hope. Or you'd think, right, or, or at to, least to make competing. that move. Right, right, right. G&D on the fan. The combine underway. Let's talk about the kid QBs next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.